Episode one sixty three of the Rick I can't Podcast. control my cough. Leave me alone. <laughs> you do it. Robert will do it every now and then. It's like y'all cough or sneeze as soon as I hit. <laughs> At least record. I'm not blowing my nose. Thank it could God. be worse. That's, trust me, y'all don't live here. That is. That is way <laughs> it's worse. been so bad this week. <laughs> Stupid pollen. You know, but I haven't had any allergies. Shut your face. Because <laughs> normally I don't have any issues, and this is all your problem, and I don't like it. Sucks to suck. <laughs> You want to do sponsor stuff? Sure. Let's do sponsor stuff. If you're looking for a high quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit ellisreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. <sighs> yeah. So you can reach out and get uh, Reptile Racks. I guess we need to add in... Uh Acrylics mm-hmm. for you want you want uh, not yet okay John and I got something okay we'll we'll get to it but you can get acrylics uh yeah so let me do herbs real quick since you mentioned herbs the next herb show we're gonna be at is this weekend Austin Texas that's we fun. won't be there the whole time but that's yeah. true uh Robert will be there the whole time you guys probably won't be there at all on Saturday right? we, if uh, like an hour maybe yeah. Uh, but we'll be there We're all day Sunday. around noon. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be there all day on, on Sunday, but we're going to get our chameleon from the readies. Yeah. Uh, this, this podcast room, y'all have to tune in next week because the podcast room will look different. We're going to shove this table all the way up there so we can fit a chameleon behind me. Yep. We, uh, <laughs> I, I do have to say just for uh, people that are trying to be cheap, I'm going to help you out. If you ever need like end tables, I have found the best place to get end tables <laughs> on earth is Goodwill. We uh the table that the skinks over here are on was like a fifteen dollar table at Goodwill. Uh uh-uh, oh, it was less than that. Oh okay, it was like a ten dollar table at Goodwill. Uh huh. And it's like it's sturdy as hell. And then we went to there were two. And we, we only bought one. Bought both. So the whoop birthday and hey y'all's. Hey y'all's is Mike Stefani. What's up, Mike? Birthday is Callie Grant, and whoop is John Tyler Grant. Wait wait wait! Is Callie Grant's birthday this weekend? Mm-hmm. I did not know this. Yep. Gloss right over Mike Stefani. Sorry. Hi, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, we went, we had to get table for our chameleon because it's a two by two by four cage. Because we didn't buy two the last time yeah, we, we were didn't there. Buy, we didn't buy the, if you ever see them in pairs, buy them in pairs. Just do it. Buy them in pairs. But we went to, uh, it may be the shadiest Goodwill <laughs> I've ever been to. It was pretty rough. They don't even price shit. It's just a room full of giant bins and you pay for shit by the pound. Yep. Uh, but except for the tables, they were $10 a piece. That's get- so weird. I guess people must really buy like bulk clothes there. Well, it, so there's a few locations like that around the Houston area, and that's what it's for. They literally will get bags and just open the bags of donations and dump them in a bin, and you go through and that you literally push your cart up on a scale and they weigh it. I, I'm wow. gonna I'm going to wager that those types of goodwills are not in neighborhoods of a certain clientele oh yeah because it was uh it was a sketchy ass it was but we got a table so next week we'll have a chameleon here uh we're gonna get all set up this week and we're going up there and we'll be in austin for that so anyways uh next show after that is may 6th and 7th that is the Pearland show we'll be home sleep in my own bed i'm excited i'm taking the fifth off so i can go hang out and watch everybody set up and just Oh, you're gonna be helping me unload, buddy. Shut the fuck up! I'm not. <laughs> I'm not working. I'm taking a day off. 
Yeah, right. I'm not going to take one. I'll help. Uh, June 3rd and 4th will be Lake Charles. I'm looking forward to that one. That's during the summer. Yep. Uh, I want to go to that one. You have I don't to ride ever home look with forward them. to a show in the summertime. Because loading and unloading sucks okay, when so, it's 100 degrees. So that means we need to sell all of it. Well, he's going to help so. you load on Sunday if there's anything left. Because Joe and I have to leave at noon that day to come home. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and then Conroe, Texas, June 10th and 11th. Katie's birthday weekend. That's your birthday weekend, so... Uh, then the Shreveport Yay. show, June 24th, 25th, slide out back into Louisiana. You're in Louisiana, three three of the four shows there. That will slip. Uh, July 22nd, 23rd is Slidell. Oklahoma City is July 29th, 30th. And then Corpus Christi, August 12th and 13th. So those are the Herp shows coming up. Uh, also, I want to make sure I talk about our giveaway. It is still the month of April. We're in April, right? It's April. Sure. Yep, yes. I think it's April. It's the 18th. Uh, our giveaway this month, we're giving away, well, I say we. The uh, our friends over at Colossal Constrictors is giving away a Herbstat thermostat. All you gotta do is go over to our Facebook page or our group. It's pinned at the top of them, and on there you just have to tell us uh, your favorite episode that we've done out of the now 163 episodes. Uh, share a link to that episode on your page just to try and get it out there. So again, I, I would like more people to listen to our podcast. Not even so much for us, but we've had some amazing guests on, and I would just like more people to hear some of those uh, awesome interviews. And then also go give Colossal Colossal Constrictors. <laughs> Colossal constrictors alike over either on the Instagram or Facebook. I mean, they're f- f- nice enough. This will be their third giveaway for us, even though one of those giveaways was like every week of December. Yeah, I was about to say those definitely count as they, they, each individual. Yeah, they gave a temp gun away every week of December, uh, and, and they're going to throw us another pizza party. So I'm looking forward to the pizza party. Really. Oh, there's another pizza place that delivers here that's even better. Oh, really? What? Yeah, Brooklyn Pizzeria. They finally delivered okay, here. So there's a there's so a I had it for lunch today. We had it delivered to the shop. So. There's a pizza buffet place in Pearland I've never gone to. It's across from um Aldi's. Firestone. Yeah. That's so good. It's I didn't realize I mean, I, I like CC's. Got to be better than CC's. It that's, is. That's not saying much, but I mean, come on, I still like CC's. They have a one in there called the Pepperoni Speziato and it's pepperoni with chili infused honey on it. Salt. Does it work the same way as CC's? There's like a yeah. buffet and I just mm-hmm. eat as much pizza as I want. So yeah. During COVID, you would just order, hey, bring me this, bring me this, bring me this. But the buffet is not just pizza. It's soups and salads and any other entrees, too. We can go. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's good. I like pizza. We're going Friday night. We're going to a place. We're going on a bear hunt. Wait, what? Okay. Anyways, going back to this, again, our giveaway, all you do is those three things. Do that, and you are put into the giveaway uh, for a Herbset Thermostat. Um, also, well, I'll give you our, I guess we can talk about the next one, our code for, we'll bring them in. Uh, I was looking at some of the people that have already put in for the giveaway. Some of their favorite episodes are, include our guest that's on tonight. So let me go ahead and bring our guest that's on tonight. Oh, he's here. He is here. He's right there. I can see. He's been here. See his shiny head there in the corner. <laughs> it's Ryan McVeigh of VivTech. <laughs> How's it going, Ryan? How's it going, guys? Uh, just out there, anybody listening, uh, if you want to save... 15% on any of your VivTech orders, use code GUMBO22. Uh, save you 15% on bulbs and all sorts of fun stuff. We're going to talk oh, about some of that cool fun stuff, stuff tonight because I need to order some of that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, and Erica just got uh, through updating a whole bunch of stuff on the website, so definitely go check it out. And for anybody that's been looking, there's uh, <clears throat> there's uh, some better guides that are now in for all the smart tech. So anybody that's been having some technical issues, uh, there's some more assistance there. That's awesome. Yeah. And more coming. I'm, 
I have been told there is a list of videos that I will be making uh, coming up in the next couple of days. So I saw there was a video posted. Did you post the video today or they post the video today? They've posted stuff and then I share it because I'm a good affiliate. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, y'all. <laughs> he does it all. <laughs> so she's listening. By the way, she's in here listening in the background. All boss. That's our our daughter was earlier. We were just talking about that pizza place, and she texted me, "Is it a buffet? When do we get to go?" I'm like, seriously? I'm like, come on. Uh, no, the one they just did was the smart plug. That smart plug was really yes, cool. That's the video I watched. Y'all have a that four. It's like a four plug smart. Oh, the uh, yeah. The, the, um. Smart power, smart power cord. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. I, sh- I should learn names. I just saw it and I was like, ooh, this looks cool. I'm going to post it. And then I posted it. Oh, nice. <laughs> Did you look at it? No, it's, uh, it's pretty rad. Now. It's four independently controlled outlets and then a bank of USB ports that are controlled as a bank. Um, so oh, that's cool. it runs. I've got one right in the room with me that's running uh, a 55 gallon uh, planted rainforest enclosure and it runs the lights, the pump. Uh, and then the lights for all the plants underneath and the misting system. That's oh, cool. damn. That's awesome. And it's all uh, goes through the phone, right? All of all. Yeah, it's all, it's all programmed through my app. And it works with. And that's uh, I want to mess with people. The the oh, see, this is what happens when she's listening. She just brings stuff. <laughs> it looks looks like this. It looks good. I like it. It's very yeah, so. very clean. Yeah, nice and sleek. Pretty easy. Set up super easy. The app walks you through it. Um, but no, but I even have like the misting system cake and we're working to, uh, do some stuff eventually right now. It's down to minute by minute control instead of seconds, which we want to get it to. Um, but I just have like for my misting system, it turns on like one minute every couple days for, you know, every certain amount of time. So yeah, it works really, really well. And then you can also, anybody out there wants you can get the uh, cameras that also goes through your app. And tons of the smart plugs. And I don't need to get the sensors. I need some sensors. That's what I want. Yeah, the sensors are nice too, just kind of as a peace of mind, like even just in your room. Well, like uh, if your air conditioner goes out or if you're in the winter, your heat goes out or oh. something like that, you'll know faster than uh, if you don't have something in there to tell you. Especially some of those people that have like a uh, converted garage with a completely separate unit for the garage. Oh, yeah. And like if you don't go out there enough, you don't know that it, it's not on and then well, all of a sudden it's hot. You're going to Canton, Ohio for uh, our anniversary. I am going to Canton, Ohio. So make a list and maybe you'll get it for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> I, I am going to, uh, I get to go to the yep, yep. induction. Notice for, I said he was going, not me. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the Hall of Fame, Football Hall of Fame. I'm pretty sweet. Yeah, there you go. That's, uh, there's the sensor. Oh, look at that. It is small. It is a little. What? There we go. Mm-hmm. What? I don't know. My computer's doing something stupid. <laughs> you, looked, you looked lost over there for a minute. Uh, so there's a couple things I want to talk about this week. Let's go with uh, let's go with the question first. I'm gonna pull up the question first, and then we'll get there's several other things I want to talk about. They were but, blowing up yeah. our Facebook with answers for that question. It was great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, I was. I was like, yeah, man. Every single time, I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm gonna come up with something <laughs> that somebody hasn't asked before. I absolutely hate when he makes one of us come up with it because I'm just like, please answer first, Robert. Please answer first, Robert. <laughs> and I'm sure he's probably thinking the same thing about me. But I hate when we get messages and it's like, come up with a question. I'm sorry. I mean, you are on the podcast. It's anyways. Uh, question was, what defines a successful hobbyist uh, in your eyes? And so I'll go through a few of these and then uh, and then we'll talk about them. But our, our buddy Drew Schultz over at the Learning Zoo, who every week seems to be adding something over there. Like, He's always building a new cage or there's a new animal. 
Uh, if anybody's in the Houston, North Houston, even Houston area, uh, up in, I think, Conroe. Uh-huh. They're in Conroe. Uh-huh. In that area, go check out the Learning Zoo. It's an amazing little zoo. It was built at their house. And uh, I, I don't know how they don't kill each other. I could not live in one bedroom, just one bedroom with you. I love you. But I, I know. We wouldn't make it three weeks. No. And if they live in the one. No, not We'd be good if we made it three weeks. I'd just yeah. move outside with the tortoises or something. One of those cages is big enough to lay in. It's fine. <laughs> that's all I need. But, uh, so that's me space. Yes. <laughs> this is my cage, my safe space. Exactly. Uh, Drew said, whatever that person defines it as. He says, if you want to have three animals and put a ton of time into their husbandry and enclosures, awesome. If you want to breed a rare species, awesome. If you want to have every type of Australian python, go for it. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the interesting thing about this question as we get to the answers. Uh, there's not one answer. As with pretty much everything in this hobby, there is not one answer for anything, even though Facebook seems to tell you so sometimes. Yeah. And, and they'll remind you. But uh, that's Drew. Our buddy Danielle said someone <laughs> who is knowledgeable about the animals they keep and keeps them well, which is, I think is a very simple answer, uh, but it hits all the key parts. Uh, Easton Horton. Said, I believe it is defined as an individual who has the knowledge, passion, and skill to properly house and care for the animals they keep. If that's a single crested gecko or a collection of hundreds of reptiles, it's still the same. The person should be also be able to accurately educate or should rewind. This person should also be able to accurately educate it about. Nope, I read it right the first time. Okay, it's just wrong. <laughs> I was wondering if you were having like a minor nope. stroke <laughs> over there. No, sometimes my eyes get faster than my brain, and like, but no, I was reading it right. Uh, they should be accurately educated about the, and I'm going to miss, I'm just, we're going to pass that sentence. I can't do it. My brain, <laughs> my brain can't put it into, sorry, Easton, uh, just proofread next time. Uh, Scott Borden said, I wrote about this once or twice, but I don't remember if it was just in a post or a blog, but a truly successful keeper is one that keeps the animals under their care as healthy as possible for as close to the maximum longevity as possible, allows the animal to thrive physically, mentally, and all in between. I uh, said a small amendment to that would be this to uh, be success in reproduction for species uh, where it actually matters. Um, longevity is always a weird thing. I, I, so I don't yeah. think some people understand how long certain things live. Like goldfish are the number one thing I always think blows. Like no one, the general public has no idea how long a goldfish yeah. should live for. Uh, you know, as much as we talk about people not taking care of reptiles, like that is the number one animal on earth, the goldfish. Well, I mean, that's because you can yeah. win it at the fair. And then put it in a bowl. Because at some point we were like, goldfish, go in bowls. And then I had one from the fair. I lived in an ice cream bucket for a year. Oh my god, Ryan! <laughs> I changed the water all, like every day. You have to when it's in the, that yeah. type of environment. They're just living in shit. They just, they just shit nonstop. It's a very well taken care of bucket goldfish. <laughs> That's, I've, That's I've always wanted to see like a like a fifty year old goldfish. Yeah, I used to. I used to know of a uh, a forty five year old synodontist catfish. I had a, I had a lot of featherfin catfish, and then it was probably 15, 16 years. It was probably close to 17. And then yeah. I bought one fucking fish from PetSmart and it gave my entire tank ick and killed all my catfish. We lost Ooh. almost everything uh, in the tank. I had a Raphael catfish. I grew up from a baby, and it was about 16 years old. Killed yeah, me when I found awesome. it dead. Yeah, it's incredible how long so many fish live, and people have no clue how Except long Except for fish the, live. the Danios. Those are still kicking. You can't kill giant Danios. I've realized that because uh, everything in my tank died except for them. And I said, fuck it. And the lights were left off for a while, and I just wasn't taking care of it, and I wasn't feeding them. They are thriving. 
They're doing that. I swear one of them. I kid you not, one of them's pregnant. I swear one of them's pregnant right now. Like it's got this big old belly out of we nowhere. We have since turned the lights back yeah, on no. and like done water changes. When we realized they were still kicking, because I, <laughs> I was so down when I lost all my fish. Because I lost I like ninety percent of my fish. But these oh, three Danios are fucking amazing. I don't know. It took me a week to convince him not to break down the tank and sell it. Wow, it was that bad. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, I, I had uh, a, I had a big saltwater tank, and it took me about a year to talk myself into finally selling it. Because it was a lot of work oh, to yeah. get it. I had like eight years. Yeah. And then I uh, put it on Craigslist and a teacher contacted me and said, would you be interested in donating it? To- yes, come get it. My fish tank moved one, two, three, four, five houses in two states. And one fish from PetSmart killed them all. Yep. Dude, that sucks. Yeah, I had a saltwater tank that I went for. I don't even know how many moves in states. And it's been around for about a decade give or take. And, uh, yeah, just one of like an aquam bio or a coralite bio cube. Yeah. 32 gallon thing. And, uh, my, every one of my kids killed it at one point and I had to rebuild it cause they all <laughs> tried to feed the fishies or do something, um, that involved dumping something in water that didn't, that didn't belong in there. Um, yeah. And then it finally got it to a point where eventually it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful tank. Um, we had someone staying with us, and, and they didn't like the blue light at night, so they turned the lights off completely oh. while I was traveling. And then I came back, and all of my coral, coral was dead. Coral were dead. Oh, uh, yeah. That... Yep. So I was just like, ah, all right, now we uh, grow up feeder guppies in it because <laughs> all the monitors eat them. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. F- fishers. I don't think people realize how attached you can get to fish. I guess because people like, you can't touch them. But I'm like, yeah, but like. They have personality. You have them for 15 years, and you watch them grow from this itty-bitty thing yeah. to this big cat My daughters took their pedas out and pet them. We, <laughs> we had to explain why to stop doing that, <laughs> but they did. Yeah, that's it's not good. Yeah. But, but they breathe air. They're okay. Uh, uh, Damien McKay said, it's funny. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I think success as a reptile keeper is learning from your animals and always aiming to provide the highest level of care within the, your power. I don't think success should be measured by whether or not you can get an animal to breed consistently. Uh, that makes you a successful breeder for sure, but that should not be looked at as the overall successful uh, as a keeper. And I can see that. Uh, yep. I also don't think because you can get it to breed means that you're a successful keeper as well. Or that you should get it to breed. Yeah. Well, I just mean, and anybody who thinks that things only breed because they're healthy has never worked with a rescue or seen half right. dead dogs in the streets that are pregnant or a third world country anywhere on the planet. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you'll see all the time people pick up a pair of snakes off of Craigslist that were in shit habitat and now they put them into a shit habitat. And then also they have these magical babies. And I'm like, yeah, that happens. Especially like with ball yeah. pythons. Look how easy we've made it to breed ball pythons. They don't have to be kept in pristine conditions at all. So, but breeding, I mean, it's it's definitely a component to some, but it is not the measuring stick for whether you're successful. I think. I agree. There's absolutely nothing that I can do about our dog. By the way, she's throwing a fit because she's in her kennel because they're eating dinner. So I threatened to kill her, but it didn't work. Uh, Mark Anderson said, "Someone that does the right thing by the animals and and the public." At the same time, on both fronts, Aaron King said, by knowing the animal's exact needs and providing it all. And then West Kentucky Exotics said, putting the needs of the animals first. So, all good answers. Uh, again, there's not one single answer to this. Ryan, what would be your answer? How do you 
define a successful hobbyist? And I'm sure that definition has changed from when you entered to where you are now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've seen, and I've also seen how the hobby sees success from being the first guy to have something to having the rarest stuff to producing the most expensive morph to having the biggest collection to having the most natural collection to everything that the, 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 it, the target continues to change. And I think realistically, all of those things are all outside pieces. I think at the core, it really comes down to if you're following the ethics of keeping animals in captivity, allowing them to, I don't have offhand what the five actual things are, um, but it's like allowing them to move freely and do the movements that they would like to do up to it with an, with an extent like, um, having access to clean water, things like that. Uh, as long as you're doing those things and then always educating yourself and uh, open to learning how to do things better, I think yeah. that makes you successful. So that can be, you can hit the, oh, here, <laughs> my uh, lovely assistant. <laughs> Grab those for me. Um, the freedom from hunger and thirst. Freedom I'm, waiting from to, I'm waiting to see him slap him on the head when he says something like that. <laughs> Just wait for like a shoe to come at me. If I say something dumb, don't worry, it'll, it's coming. She can get them around a corner, so she doesn't even have to be in this room. Um, but freedom from hunger and thirst, freedom from discomfort, um, freedom from pain, injury, or disease, freedom to express normal behavior, and freedom from fear and distress. Um, and that's for all animals in captivity. And if you can really think about that, that's having an animal that's not that's able to move around, that's not in pain or discomfort, uncomfortable because it can't move, or that's constantly scared at the back of its cage, or things like that. So those things, all of those things need to be thought about, um, even when it comes to reptiles and how we keep them. And it doesn't matter whether it's a tub um, versus a, uh, uh, or a rack system versus a huge, you know, PVC enclosure versus a giant outdoor enclosure. In every single one of those scenarios, you can still not do that. Yeah. So it really comes down to doing those things as best as you can. Now, um, when it comes to things like racks, that does make things a little more difficult, like to an extent. So if you have a, I don't know, a thousand gram ball python and a shoe, shoe box tote, like that's not going to allow it to express normal behavior or be free from discomfort because it's going to be jammed in a way that it can't express its entire body. And if you can never extend your entire body, it's going to cause problems, right? Yeah. So those are things that that means it's no longer fits into that scenario. However, I still use racks. I have uh, an animal plastic CB110. They're basically like three foot by 18 inch tubs. They're like eight inches tall, maybe. And I still have dirt in there and tons of different bark and plants. And uh, they have plenty. And the snakes in there are the biggest snake in there is like three feet. So stretched end to end, it would touch it. Um, but it's got plenty of room to move. It's got multiple layers of depth to move in there. Um, and we clean it and change out its its enrichment all the time. So there's some stuff in there that I don't like. Like I still can't get UV in there. Um, but I am I can hit as many of those other things as I can. Um, and you see some of those things even like, excuse me, um, like uh, some of the breeder or focus cube uh, does those ca those hanging Cambro tub racks. And I yes. really, I know some other guys are doing those too. I really like those. I just sent a picture uh, in our group chat with uh, Robert and a friend of ours though. They posted a picture today or yesterday of all of our crusties in those. And uh, yeah, they look awesome. They're slick and they're like, Cambro's expensive, but yes. that's a big 
clear enclosure that you can do a lot with. You can give them space. You can give them a better environment and still kind of use that modularity of a rack system. So I, I really applaud those guys for that. I definitely push anybody doing stuff like that to move in that direction, at least with some kind of offering, because it is really cool. Um, but there are ways for us to kind of maneuver within even that space to be as close as we can to those five ethical things. So um, to at least check all of those things, that's my biggest thing. Um, and then just being open to the changes in the world, like the 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 pushing of, of UV light, which is a big thing for me and you guys all know that. Um, and I say changes in the world, like in 1945, this was a big change in the biological community. So we'll pretend that it's still a change 80 years later, but now we're able to know that it's a bigger deal and there's more depth to the, to, to reptile vision and what they utilize UV for. So being adapt to understand that I did know the best information at the time, but now it's changed and there's an understanding that there's more and better information. We accept that in so many other portions of our life in our, in our vehicles and our technology around us. Like why aren't we accepting that in the research of the animals that we keep and the science that allows people to, um, learn new things like they're able to find diseases easier because of technologies the, the, to track DNA of viruses and things like that. So you got to be able to re like learn with technology and everything moving forward. And husbandry is going to change too. So continuing to be open to that change. I think that's what makes people successful is those things. Yeah. I, I, you see people, especially right now, there's, we've talked about before, there's a big push uh, towards bioactive. And everybody feels if they do bioactive, they're they're being a better keeper. But like, it's not can I, always. Can I point something out about bioactive real quick? Yeah. And I love the bioactive community. I have bioactive enclosures all over my house. But I'd like to point something out. They they go after they they discuss a lot of some people. We'll say some people who are bioactive, and they get on the kind of high horse train of it. Um, they build their bioactive enclosure, and it's natural, and it's better for the animal, right? And it's supposed to be closer to their environment. And we take, in order to make this natural environment, we take fired clay balls from a factory and we put them in a glass enclosure made in probably China or Milwaukee. <laughs> and, then, and then we put nylon screen on it and then some sphagnum moss from New Zealand and then some dirt that's a mixture of stuff from all over the country, but mostly up in the northwest. And then we, and then we plant plants that are grown in Florida or imported from South America in there for our new Caledonian gecko. And then in order to make it more natural, we put isopods from Spain in it and then bugs that live in other tropical places. And then we don't do anything to add any bacteria or anything natural because everything you've put in there was sterilized before you got it. And then we call it bioactive. And what you've really done is just, and, and then, and then there's this idea that, that since you've done that and you've put in those cleaning crews, now you never need to clean it. It's just going to take care of itself. Yeah, it's well, nature. One, That's it's perfect. Yeah. So if I, I explain it like that, because I feel like if I explain it like that, it makes it sound more stupid to argue it. <laughs> and the idea of why I say that is realistically the best way to start a bioactive enclosure is to go somewhere where you know there's been no pesticides, scoot the dirt aside, grab a big old hunk of dirt from the wild, and go stick it in your enclosure. Just make sure there's no ants or anything in there. There's very almost a 0% chance that anything gross or bad that can hurt your animals would be in there other than, like, ants or, like, I don't know, wasp eggs. Like, be smart. I don't pick good dirt. Well, it's like everybody's <laughs> always afraid of, of mites, but I wonder 
Mites do sleep- not come from North yeah. America outside well, at all. They don't. Well, they don't I, come. They don't. I've I've picked up snakes in every state in this country almost, and I've never picked one up with mites. Well, and I wonder ever. how many snakes end up getting mites from getting caught. Like, how many snakes in the wild don't have even across the world don't have mites, and they get mites once someone has caught them and put them where all the other caught snakes are. Yep. Mites come out of South, different types of mites come out of South America and Indonesia. Um, that's where the most of the mites are. That's why I love being up in the Northwest, in the North, the central North of the country. <laughs> because in the winter, if God forbid I have a mite issue, I can just put everything outside in the negative 30 degrees in February and all of them die because they have, they're not a species that can handle being frozen. With that said, he's not saying he puts the animal with the mites out there. That's- oh, yeah, the animals are out treated in containers <laughs> inside. The rack itself, after being cleaned out and sanitized and stuff, just goes outside for like a day and then comes back in. That's and pretty it's just awesome. Extra added. It is kind of awesome. Yeah, so if you if you can get them frozen, you know, you got a walk-in <laughs> freezer, whatever. You know, if you can get that whole thing frozen, you're good. If I can go to McDonald's um, and say, hey, can I put my cage in your walk-in freezer for a day? <laughs> you roll this off the truck into your truck. Just give me 10, like an hour. <laughs> Just slide those frozen burger patties on over and let me slide my cage in here for a little bit. Yep, there you go. But, uh, yeah, no, that, yeah, mites do not come from the wild in the U.S. Like I said, in the United States, depending on where you're from, obviously, if you grab a huge chunk of wood from the environment around you, you could have, you know, you could have wasps or bees in it. You could have scorpions in it. You could have who knows what in it. So, like, be careful with that kind of stuff. But if you're talking legitimately like a shovel, a, a garden shovel of dirt, you're. I mean, even the worms that could be in it aren't going to have anything in them that's going to be dangerous. As long as there hasn't been any pesticides or herbicides or anything sprayed there, um, there really is very little that you have to worry about. Um, like I said, my biggest worry is slugs by us because they'll start to eat my plants if it's a live tank um and then ants because ants can be a problem but that's it well, as like, long as there's no ants or slugs in it you're fine when we had mike on he's talking about getting the dirt for his monitors all that was collected off of like his in-laws land just a big pile of dirt out in the wild on, the, yeah. on their land and he filled all that's his caves with it active. it's filled with bacteria it's filled with broken down detritus material from a forest and from the land that it was at from hundreds of years of that breaking down it's rich black earth like that's what you're trying to recreate so using like we've even in our house we've even changed from our substrate comes from home depot and garden centers and we mix you know between four to six different things together in a huge barrel actually i have a compost mixer coming so we can just nice roll it all together yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah, I love you. Well, Erica's like Erica's a badass man. She puts it in a fifty-five gallon bin and takes a huge, like those dual hooks, the dual ones for oh, like yeah. scooping a gaboon. She takes one of those and sticks it down in there and just mixes two hundred pounds of dirt together. I, I like how he's like she does it. <laughs> At no point is he like well, she, I do it. He's like I know how to. Well, or she gets yeah. I try to help. I'll get it and roll it and like mix it and stuff. Sugar. I since I fell and hit my head in November, my shoulder was separated, so she doesn't <laughs> like me doing it. Don't don't hit your head. You don't have any hair up there to cushion it when you. I know. I hey, it's it's only right before I come to Texas or right around Texas, so we <laughs> yeah. gotta watch it. Uh, our friends over at Ready's Rainforest said common bioactive is harder to take care of. You spend more time taking care of the cage and the animal. And I was gonna say that I, I've talked to them because we're getting our chameleon from them this weekend, and uh, 
and, and we decided to go go plastic plants just because I know us we we're not botanists we're not growing fucking plants but they've I've talked to them <laughs> before you know they, so many people spend so much time trying to get the plant right that they don't pay attention to the animal in the cage that they're trying to take care of because uh, they're trying yep. to grow some pothos instead of trying to take care of the animal so it it does yeah. get a little tricky because again uh, certain parts of the hobby like you said the way you explain bioactive is exactly what they do and as soon as they've done that they've gone yay I'm a great keeper. And yep. the, 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 no, I mean, bioactive like that. Like you still need to spot clean large poops and things like that. You still need to clean your glass and, the, and I mean the the urine the urine and the wet, dirty, nasty stuff that seeps into the dirt, bacteria will build and start to take care of that. Like eventually it'll get there, but it's not like that right off the bat. And even then, even like in a unless you're talking dart frogs, and this is the problem. Everybody looks at the dart frog community, but a dart frog's poop is this big. Yeah. Okay? Like, yeah. it's tiny. One isopod can chow on that for lunch and it's gone. Like, even crested geckos are a hundred times more than that. You know? And then you start talking if you do it for snakes. Oh my god, good luck. There's yeah, no, no, there is no cleaning crew you can get that would live in that enclosure and still be able to take care of that. No, I've, so my boa's shit. There's nothing cleaning up boa's shit. Exactly. Like, no matter how big the enclosure is and how much you... I mean, unless it's literally like a 12 by 12 room and, and you've got 20,000 isopods in there and, like, you're talking some significant stuff, like, it's not happening. Oh. The bioactive people. Uh, I, yeah. just, but, I just had a friend at today. The same time, at the same time, we can't totally bash bioactive. No. There is totally a right way to do it. People who are doing it right are doing an amazing job. And I think that there is a huge benefit to the natural aspect of it. You know, so don't want to bash on it because there's totally, but there is from the, from the, like this huge stand that they get up onto to like pound their chest. Uh, that community needs to take a step back and realize like everything they do is not perfect too. <laughs> Um, but no, there, it still is, it still is amazing to be able to create natural environments. So I don't want to bash that down, but, um, no, and you can do hybrids. Like you get your, I do a ton of hybrid enclosures. We just redid one of our big spinulosis enclosures. I'm sorry, guys, there's nothing I can do. They will, there's no plant that will live through three <laughs> giant spinulosis. It's just not happening. We tried multiple times, unless I put it inside of a cage, it's destroyed. So we got big fake plants to go in there because they can't destroy them. But everything else in there is still just like it was dirt and isopods and all that stuff in there. But that's yeah, my, like, uh, my red foots are in a tortoise table, but I've, I've mixed up. I think there's cocoa, there's soil, there's some sphagnum. There's a whole bunch of in that. And then like my isopod colonies are doing amazing Holy in my tortoise cow. table. I went to go feed them the other night and like some of the isopods were coming up onto the food tray too. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, then come on. But granted, they are also two fairly small red foot tortoises so when they shit it's still fine when they're full oh, yeah, grown red foot like tortoises palm of my hand big no like they're smaller than that the smaller one is but the big one's the size of the palm of my hand that's true uh dgb exotic said so disappointed that i can't introduce a million isopods with one corn snake in a rack to eat its poo <laughs> you, you could you know get rid of the bedding and let the bedding just be isopods there you go. <laughs> and then just make sure you don't put any uh, protein eaters. Just don't put dairy cows because you come back with dairy cows, it'll just be a skeleton of your corn snake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, they got to eat something. And dairy cows will eat anything. Those yeah. things are insane. Most, most isopods, if they don't have enough food, will start to bite the animal. So that's another thing to think about. Like if your snake's terrestrial and it just sits there all the time yeah. and they don't have enough other stuff to eat because you think it's a bioactive and they're just going to eat whatever is in there and you have a large colony of isopods, they're going to start biting your animal. Yes. That's why I, when I used to sell isopods, people, I was like, look, they, what can I get as a cleaning crew? I have, and they want to do a snake. I'm like, okay, well, don't get dairy cows. Because uh, your snake, yeah. especially if it's a ball yeah. python, is just going to sit there on the bottom, and it's not going to move. And I've seen what they can do to a shed from a, a snake. <laughs> I can only imagine what they're going to yeah. do to your mm-hmm. snake. I've seen what they can do to a pinky mouse. Uh, you know, but like with the tortoises, whatever food doesn't get eaten, because like all ice pots tend to hide underneath the water bowl. I'll just lift the water bowl and like dump the old lettuce underneath there and put it back, and they just destroy it. And now yep. I have fancy isopods. It's the only place that I have isopods because I didn't have to take care of them. The tortoises do it for me. My colony at school is freaking out of control. We have powder <laughs> we, oranges. We with most of our animals. Because most of our monitors, if they get big enough and there's enough of them, they'll just eat them. So I can't. My crested gecko in my classroom eats isopods. Any of the powder <laughs> oranges that we put in his tank, they all get eaten. Yeah, they're land shrimp. Oh, I got it. Uh, I was trying to go through some of these. Uh, Reddy said, "Our day geckos have fake and live, but but tiny poos, so it works really well." It's Erica. Oh, is it Erica? Yeah. <laughs> it just shows Facebook user, but it's your wife commenting. Dwarf white ice pods are the bane of our existence with the lizards. Yeah, that may have been a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I so I had a problem with uh these little black beetles. I have no idea where they came from. Oh, Jesus. But at one point, I had to empty out my entire tortoise table just to get rid of them. I lost everything that was in there because I had to take it out and kill everything in there because they could actually Buffalo climb up. Beetles. They, well, they climb up the PVC and they'd get all over the house. I'm like, shit. They so, fly. These couldn't. No, these don't fly. Nope. These are, oh, you're lucky. Buffalo beetles could fly. I was That's about like to stab this man in the eyeball when you said that. These couldn't. No, these <laughs> but do I have, fly. But now but I have. freaking everywhere. But how, upstairs looks like a battle zone. It did. Not anymore. No. But these little black beetles are in there now because now I have another species of small black beetle in there. I don't know where it came from, but they haven't climbed up out of the PVC. They haven't gotten out in a while. So, fucking beetles. That's, That's my good. problem. Yeah. All cool with isopods. Uh, but anyways, it's going back to the successful hobbyist thing. I think, uh, again, I think we put too much weight on breeding. I think that is, uh, but that is also a large portion of the hobby is aimed at breeding because I mean, it is, it is kind of a pyramid scheme. We, we tell people like, Hey, you've got to be a breeder. And when you go to a show, it's hard as a person. And it's been a long time since I've been this person, but you walk into a show for the first time and you see all these people with all these animals on the table. And like, these people know what they're doing. I want to do that. Uh, which is, I've met a lot of people at shows. They don't all know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> and then, and then YouTube and all that, it's kind of made that even worse. Cause they show you all, all the good stuff, you know, they don't show you all the times they fuck up and things happen. And they show you all these babies. And you're like, oh, they're producing all these babies. Or they have a whole bunch of snakes, so they must be really good at this. Um, a certain you know, retic person. It's kind of funny. As a hobby, we're super good at like farming and selling breeder stock. But we're not really good at selling pets. Yeah, I, that's why whenever I tell someone how to set up their snake, it's never, it's never tub standards. It's like, all right, here's what you can do and get this and this. Like... I'm talking to them as if they're setting up their tank in their house with their pet for the first time and we're going to set it up as a pet. Um, I I do wish breeders would not sell people. I don't know. 
but Robert sells cages, so it works. But uh, sell an animal as a cage animal. I'm not saying cages is the only way to keep them, but the problem is when you sell. And well, I'll pick on ball pythons. I also feel like Robert is not selling racks to one person who's only buying one snake. Well, no, but that's the the problem. I mean, there. I know you have that one single. But that, in my opinion, is more for like quarantining something. But see, that's not the problem. The problem is you'll see someone come into a show who is buying their first ball python and they buy their first five ball pythons and then they go buy a five tub rack to put them all in. Uh, And they've never owned a ball python. They've never set up a ball python. They've never taken care of it as a pet. And now they've got it in a rack. And it's not. Look, again, I keep a lot of animals in racks, but I've kept animals for a long time. Like I know what it's like to keep a pet snake. Um, and a yep. lot, I think a lot of people lose that idea of a pet snake once it goes into a rack. So, correct, yeah, so I just mine too. yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'll be honest, I didn't listen to everything you read. Um, <laughs> Thank, thanks for that. Sorry. We're look, we state test tomorrow and my kids need confidence boosters. So I'm writing encouraging notes. Um, I feel like being successful in this hobby is also not living beyond your means. Like, don't get an animal. And I'm guilty of this. I'm like, ooh, let's get this. It looks cool and it's only $75. Well, like a Panther Chameleon. And James is like, oh, yes. Lee and Amanda, who are in the chat. This. Shut up, James. I'm talking. You're going to have to get this, and then you're going to have to get this, and then you're going to have to do this, and then you're going to have to feed it this much every month. And so that $75 animal turns into a $500 animal. And one of the reasons, yes, we paid a deposit on our chameleon like a month and a half ago because we knew that was the one we wanted and i wanted to make sure that it didn't sell so and now I we've spent like of it. four times that on and setup. over the course of four paychecks i've put a significant amount of money into it because i knew i wasn't i i spent 150 dollars just on greenery and plants and dowel rods fake, for my tank on, on fake plants 150 dollars on fake like plants. this is gonna be a gorgeous setup it really is but I knew I couldn't do that and buy a cage and buy the tray and buy the misting system because I splurged and bought a mist king. And, you know, I got two Viv Tech lights to go for him. And like I There's knew. Sean, Sean just said he has yeah. a Viv Tech <laughs> this weekend. We're getting from him. Yeah, um, we're getting them from Sean Gray with the Herp Shop. And so like <laughs> I like I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that all in one paycheck. So I feel like to be successful as a pet owner, you cannot get pets that are outside of your mean of being able to afford them. And also understand that like exotic vets aren't cheap. Oh, and God, it's not no. that they're not cheap because they're scamming horrible people. It's that they have to put in significant oh, no. amounts of extra work to learn the tiny bit of veterinary knowledge and research that's out there to help you with yeah. it. Yeah, you have to be it. incredibly involved with a big network of people. So yeah. get a good herb vet. And understand that you're going to have to go do something at some point. Yeah, Your animal's going to give people like surgeries that well, take give you an idea. Set aside for emergencies. Well, like so, right when COVID hit, mm-hmm. one of my boas had to have a surgery, and of course, it, everything became emergency uh, visits at that point. And it was like double the price. We had to get that removed. So it was a thousand dollars later to remove this mask that luckily wasn't cancer. It wasn't cancer. And then she just up and died on me like a year and a half later before I had time to. I mean, you know, it's gonna sound bad, but recoup any money from babies because it was a full grown female and uh, you lose that. But it was, it was a surgery that had to be done because, I mean, this huge mass was forming on her face. And my first thought was great cancer because it happens a lot in snakes. You hear a lot of people with cancer and luckily it wasn't. But it's not cheap to do, and to do it and to do the right thing. That's why you see a lot of people in our hobby. And there's look, there's a lot of things we can do. Uh, basic 
me- I don't say medical, but basic care wise that we can do at home yeah. if you have the experience. But you can't do surgery, and you can't re- you can't remove right. things. You can't fix certain things. You have to go to a vet for it, and especially if you're someone who doesn't have the experience. You know, they bought a seventy five dollar yep. lizard at a show, and they don't want to go to the vet and pay four hundred dollars to have someone just look at it and go, "Oh, give it this shot, and we're good." Yeah. Right, and I and I and the thing is, it's, it's it really sucks. Veterinarians have gotten a really bad rap, especially in the reptile community, and I pisses me off to the nth degree when we start to argue about this because realistically I want everybody to take a moment and think about this but the reptile veterinary knowledge base has been around since like maybe the 80s early 90s I was gonna like, say early 90s really, yeah yeah like that's really when it started going when I I would really love to I'm working on it <laughs> but, um no, but, like, it's not that old. Like, dog and cat medicine is, like, hundreds of years old. Reptile, and then on top of it, that's dogs and cats. Yeah. We're talking oh, thousands of species. Right. And and even just different groups, even if they know the groups, chameleons, turtles, tortoises, crocodilians, like, all of those could be probably grouped. But even then, that's a significant amount of stuff. And then on top of it, 90% of the issues people bring them are husbandry-related, so they have to know some of that, too. Like, that's a significant amount more to know and specialize in than just dogs and cats. Yeah, and, and you can't just trust someone just because it says vet on their name. You gotta, you've got to find the right vet, because who are we talking Someone we're talking Go to. Go to arav.org yes. and A-R-A-V. click Find a Vet. It's the Association of Reptile and Amphibian Veterinarians, and you can find veterinarians who are part of that organization – which means that they at least are putting in the eff- extra effort to find information, to learn, or at least bare minimum have a network of people that they can connect with to answer questions for you. Well, Sean Grace said they just they've they've ended the exotic specialty program at A and M. That sucks. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, Our snake that had sucks. surgery, we actually took her to LSU in Baton Rouge. Um, because they have their, but that, so it's not just even dogs and cats, like dogs and cats are big. Yes. But all vets don't see all mammals. Like I have a guinea pig in my classroom and she she gave herself a temporary, um, oh crap. What's it called? Where their eyeglasses. Yes. She gave herself a stress cataract because she got excited one day and was jumping around her cage and popped herself in the eye. (laughs) So I'm like, she's six months old and has a cataract. This is not okay because I got her from a breeder. So I knew how old she was. So I paid $75 to take her to the vet and have her eye checked out. They're like, oh yeah, it'll clear up in six weeks. But I had to call six different vet offices to find someone that specialized in guinea pigs because you can't just take a guinea pig to anybody. They don't know what they're doing. And no, Sean just said something that was really good. There's a, every almost every vet he messaged, he said, I know. And those are all amazing vets in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trit, Dr. Tristan oh, Heatley, Dr. White, um, Court Offerman, Dr. Offerman, uh, all great guys. So um, definitely. And then, like I said, like getting a hold of A-Rav and like just asking questions. And B, the other thing, too, is anybody who has a decent sized collection, if you don't have a vet near you, and I hear that all the time, then you know what's a really cool idea? call a vet and say, Hey, I have a collection of 20, 30, 40, 50, 200 reptiles that I keep. And I need an exotic veterinarian. I'm willing to work with you to learn 
reptile medicine and using a lot of my animals if you're willing to work with me to learn that knowledge so that we can continue to work together. Tons of vets will flip the hell out and love that idea. Mm-hmm. Most of them will. Because they're going to get that opportunity. Gives them a skill set. And it, it's, it's going to give them yeah. an opportunity and it's going to give them someone that they know knows their animals, number one. But number two, they're going to be able to help other people through the door. And they're going to get more more customers at that, more patients yeah. at that. Yeah. Granted, if you're, if you're working with them, like, respect the fact that they still have to charge you for their time. Yes. Right, and absolutely. And bring in their equipment. This, the, I let you use my animals and you give me free stuff back. Lending animals is not as valuable as decades of knowledge and veterinary knowledge and all of that. We are still benefiting from it. However, building that relationship usually significantly reduces your cost because you are bringing a benefit to them. But so if you find somebody who's willing to work with you that, and honestly, I think you could within the veterinarians within an hour of you, unless you are literally in some parts of Texas or like Idaho, like (laughs) most of the time you should be able to within an hour, find four different vets at least and call them and just see who's willing to work with you. Well, and ARAV is a great one because I forget who we were talking to. It may have been, JT, but someone told us about uh, they took a snake. Someone took a snake to a vet because they had a prolapse, and when they went to put the hemipene back in, they put it in back in towards the head. Which, if anybody knows, that's not where hemipenes go. They go the opposite direction. So the very next time that yep. snake shit, it prolapsed again and uh, ended up losing the hemipene because uh, they go in the tail, and that, that's that's something as them? like they just fall off. Well, it it. it Got infected. It was a whole bunch of issues. They had, had to cut off. Yeah. I mean, being up in their basically <sighs> rectal cavity yeah. would cause it to go chronic. <sighs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sean said he basically fucked himself. Oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah. So, but, but that's like that's basic stuff as reptile people. We know that. And you would think a vet does. But then if that vet's not a snake person, they don't know that the, the penis is inside out well, and in the tail. Yeah. And that's I mean, those stories that. and people bringing their, their animal to – their local vet and not asking any questions and just accepting that this person knows what they're doing, even though they've never brought them there before. Like, don't be afraid. Like, don't be like, you don't know crap. Prove it. Like, you don't be rude. <laughs> well, if but you think ask, about like, it. How much experience do you have with yeah. reptiles? How yes. much experience do you have with this species? Have you worked with an, a prolapse before like this? You can ask those questions. And if they get offended and get all pissy with you, then the answer is no. They have no idea what they're talking about. And you need to find another vet. It's just like when you go to the doctor or a specialist and you ask questions. And if you don't like that doctor, guess what? Fire them and find a new one. Well, when we still lived in Louisiana, we we had a vet that we used. She was the vet that the zoo used. But, I mean, a lot of times at the zoo, she's treating large cats or large mammals, hoofstock. And and that's fairly easy stuff. But if she didn't know the reptile stuff, she would go (laughs) research it and figure it out. And so when we we took yeah. the snake to her first, and we did, and they looked at it, and she go, and she told told me all this because you're gonna have to go to a specialty vet. You're gonna have to go to someone that does reptiles and does this because they're gonna have to find out if it's cancer and do all this stuff. But uh, we took some other like sim- you know more simple issues to her, and she would research it herself and try to figure it out. Um, that's the kind of vet you want: someone who wants to further education, not someone who thinks they know it all without any evidence that they know anything. My biggest pet peeve and the biggest red flag for me for anybody, no matter what. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Is somebody who can't say, I don't know, let me get back to you. Yes. If you can't say that you don't know something and you're unable to say, I don't know, then I don't trust you. Period. I tell my students that we should Google stuff at least three times a day. 
<laughs> when they ask me questions, I'm like, I don't know. I'll write it down on the Google list. And we have a list of stuff when we have free time at the end of the day or the end of the week. We have stuff that we will Google to find out. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You got to be able to say, I don't yeah. know. And that's like, that's one of the biggest problems we actually run into in this hobby with some of the people, like, and some of it's ego and just some of it's fear of being wrong. And this, it's a lot of reasons for it, but there are people who, there are a significant amount of people who just can't say, I don't know. Um, and it, they end up giving bad advice and, and it it's ends much up harder. It's much harder for them to come back and say, I messed up than it is to learn at the beginning to say, well, I don't that's know. That's also that same person that yep. can't just scroll past something on Facebook. Yeah. They have to comment yeah. and tell, like they've had a snake yep. for a week and it's also one say, how do you do this? And they have to answer that question, even though they don't have the ability. Sean Gray said I could borrow his Google that shit shirt. I actually have a poster that says Google that stuff because I can't say shit in third grade. It's still yeah, but it's a, GTS. Uh, GTS. Google that shit. There's a, there's a website. Let me Google that for you. <laughs> you just put in what you want to Google and it sends the person. A, you can copy a link and it gives. It's a video walkthrough of how to use Google. But yeah, I hilarious. also teach yeah. them when I, I Google things Google. because we will Google it all together and I will teach them. How okay, to click on a you link. You can't just say this is the answer. This has Wikipedia next to it. We can't use it. We got to keep scrolling. So I'm like slowly teaching them. I figured if one kid learns how to research correctly, then I've done. Oh, no, I've, I've seen okay. kids. They, they pull up. And All if right. it's not in that little blurb there underneath the link, <laughs> they're like, I can't find it. I'm like, click on the fucking link. Go yeah. to the page. Read something. So I, I really yep. thought that I really thought that they knew how to do that until I had Phones. to do a research project Phones with our child last year. Our 11 year old last year. She's 12 now. But last year. I was like, okay, look this up on the internet. And she was like, okay. And then she was like, I don't, there's all these websites. I'm like, click on one. Or, or a lot of kids. Go to the website and read it. It's Hey Siri. And then whatever Siri tells them. You chat GTP a couple more months and just don't have to research anything. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, anyways. So yeah, successful hobbyists. There's a, a million ways we can define that. Um, but as we kind of talking here, be willing to learn and uh, apply new stuff. Like, um, yeah, and you've you've faced that with with VivTech, uh, trying Definitely. to int- yeah. trying well, to introduce telling stuff. people that all living things need UV is like telling them they have to murder their children and get or, rid of their guns, or telling people that have used UV that your UV also works, and they want to tell you, no, it doesn't. Like it, it fucking does. Yeah, yeah. This UV there was one paper says that does. said that this might make something happen, even though there's no evidence of it, and even though the paper was really well not well done and there's a lot of problems with it and we really need more research and that's the thing which i would love to see more research and be a part of it um but we're not seeing anything so i don't know i don't think it's really that big of a deal <laughs> oh it's 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 very but no we in, in internally coming up pretty soon we will be kicking off our own study um just because we no one's doing it and i if I know it's internal and people aren't going to trust it. And I'm going to try to do it as transparent as possible, um, even to the point of live streaming, like working with a veterinarian that will allow me to live stream the process. Yeah, but no, you're, the, still, you're still least, lying. Or like, yeah, I know, bringing in, you know, at least bringing in the animals, you know, telling them, reading off the results when we get them in, things like that, entering them into the system. I'm going to do what we can to try and show that we are trying to be transparent because I want an answer too. And if it honestly says that like, 
you know, that missing wavelength is incredibly important and, and our bulbs are, are bad, then I want to fix it. I don't, I don't, I want to know that because I want to fix it. If it's a problem, I'm not going to just ignore it. Now I'm not going to freak out yet because I don't have proof that it's a problem. I have a suggestion that there's a problem, but I don't really agree with how they got to that answer. So we're going to do it ourselves and find out. Yeah. I, I can say as a customer, I have been pleasantly pleased with the bulb so far. Me and I have too. not met yeah. anybody that's used them that has disliked them. Yeah. I, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that want. One of, the, one of the biggest things that kills me too, uh, when we discuss the, 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 that is, like I said, it's an honest, there's one shortfall with the bulb and a missing wavelength that, again, I still don't think is that much of an issue, but we'll find out when we're working on it. But the one thing nobody brings up is that the UVA that our bulb gives off is actual usable, viewable UVA by the animals, which no other bulbs give off that wavelength like that. Um, so the benefits that brings along with it to their behaviors, and I'm sure like this is stuff you guys have seen, like changes in behaviors, colors, skin condition, shedding, all of that changes. When you say viewable by the animal, what does that mean? So the the way so reptiles are really cool. Uh, everybody thinks they can like like there's a long time that we thought red lights didn't matter at night because they couldn't see red light. We thought they saw black and white. We thought dogs saw black and white. Reptiles can see the entire visible spectrum that we we see. Some of them can see heat, so they can see infrared, which be that way on the reverse, whatever. Uh, like, like, and like then predator. That's fine. Yeah, you're, and you're, like, yeah, it's fine. Like yeah, I'm backwards. I know, but like. But snakes can see that their heat pits are optical nerves that go to their brain. They're optical visual sensors. They are actually seeing infrared through them. And then through their eyes, they're seeing uh, not only the visible spectrum, but some animals can see UVA and some other reptiles and and, and, uh, uh, other animals can even see UVB. That's cool. So they can see spectrums of light that we can't even see. So... When I say visible UVA, there's chunks of that spectrum in the UVA that's what they can see. And most UV lights don't have any, they don't have any usable UVA um, or they have very, very little that's in the wrong spots. So the reptiles really can't utilize it. Ours covers a bigger band. So it when you, you can keep all of your, whatever lights you have, whatever fluorescence you have that you think are better, your mercury vapors, whatever, keep it on. And then turn a VivTech light on on the other side of the cage on the cold side and and turn it on with all the other lights on and your animal, a lot of times your animal will react to it. They'll look at it. They'll walk straight at it. I've had multiple monitors do that. I've had people tell me it's shows Bearded Dragons have done that. Robert yeah, had, had one, yeah. His Bearded Dragon did that. He turned it on and it ran straight to the light. And laid yep. under it for yep. like three right days. Yeah. Yep. Immediate. And it wasn't like when my monitor did it, it wasn't like. He kind of slowly, no. like he was there. Mind and then you, in like two minutes, he was basking. This was a bearded dragon that we got from a college student who was feeding it freeze-dried crickets and keeping oh. it on carpet, reptile carpet, no lighting, no heat, no nothing. The thing could barely walk when I got it. And I had never really seen her take more than two or three steps until that light came on. And she ran. And I'm like, fuck, she can still run. <laughs> and man, that's, that's been... Awesome. I don't know, whatever, a year ago. Yeah. And it was right after the bulbs came out because I remember we yeah. all got bulbs. I ordered one the day they made them yeah. available before they ran out of them. And uh, <laughs> they've, yeah. uh, it's changed her life for sure. I mean, 100% changed her life. When Sean Gray said, uh, 
he's working on building a display at the shop with different UV lights spaced out with UV meters below them. And the UV meters can be raised or lowered to show the effectiveness because that's really a thing. You know, one thing I like about your bulbs is that the issue I've always had with fluorescence is that, yes, it still gives off light, but it's no longer doing what you paid that $30 for it to do. You know, yeah. uh, after six months or whatever, they're like, you have to change it out. Um, and Shawnee was at 100%. Uh, the lights have changed how their chameleons react at the, at the shows. And then that's what we're going to use with our yeah. with our chameleon when we get them. Is we're going to get – we got two bulbs so we can get – because that is one knock because y'all don't have a, a linear bulb. And that's what everybody wants is a linear bulb. But we're going to get two bulbs so we can space them out over two basking spots on top of the cage. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to using it with them. Just I've seen what it's done for all the animals we've used them on. Are, the chameleon reactions are incredible. Um, there's a – Lone Star Chameleons down by you. I yeah. don't remember the gentleman's name. I apologize, but we had um, one once. I can't he, remember his name either. He, Lone Star he Chameleons. Got him, he got him for me at like Daytona or something. He's, he's gone. Um, How is he? Yeah. And then he and then uh, and then I I uh, I was driving out to a show Pomona or something like that, and he called me and he's like, "Hey, I wanted to talk to you about your bulbs," and I'm like, "Ah, oh, crap!" Like that's there's nobody calls you for good stuff, you know? Like I'm like, oh, this is gonna make my drive suck. So I started talking to him, and he's like. So I have these like three blue Ambaja Panther chameleons. They're all brothers, and there's one that's a little bit runty. So I stuck it on, um, hit the the one that was a little bit runty, um, and uh, and and just to give it like just to see if it would help. He's like, if, out of all of them, that would be the one that needs help the most. I wanted to see what it would do, <laughs> and he goes within like five minutes, that thing turned neon blue. And was doing laps around the cage and like head bobbing at every male and female in the room. And he was so he goes, he's like not old enough or big enough to be ready yet. But I figured if he was head bobbing, I, so he goes, so I grabbed a female, brought it over, and he was courting her through the screen. So he put him in there and he bred her. So funny. So, yeah. But unfortunately, see that UVA and it fluoresces bones on their head. Like it, 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 it's completely different to how they see their world with that light. So you basically took a black and white world and made it neon vibrant 4K, and now those animals can really see each other and really interact with each other. And it also stimulates a ton of hormones in their brains, like serotonin and stuff. Uh, and you can dim it. That's exactly on the dimming control. Can I do a dawn dusk setting with it? Uh, on our on our dimming controller, no. We're working on that. That will be something in the future. Um, right now, if you want to do dimming, Herpstat has a dimming function in their lighting control. If you have Herpstat, um, but we are working to have that in the future. So, yeah. And uh, if anybody wants to enter our giveaway for this month, you can win a Herpstat thermostat, and it'll have a, a dimming feature on it. Just throwing that out there. There you go. Go over to our Facebook page and uh, enter that giveaway. Uh, so yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. And you can use our code. That's true. And you use to our code. get your bulbs. <laughs> Combo 22. Come on, To get man. you a VivTech bulb. <laughs> uh, what, so one thing I do want to ask is we, we want to get one, but, but y'all don't have any right now. Are the meters, are y'all going to be getting the meters back? Yes. I keep getting asked and I feel really, really, really bad about this. This is like a painful subject. Well, so, but, but you can't control how quickly you can get product. That is beyond well, your this, control. Yes and no with this one. I can get in more meters, but I'm not doing it. Um, and the reason I'm not doing it is because on my desk is a prototype for a new one. And I really, really want to launch the new one. The minimum order quantity for me get, to get the tooling and the things done to do the new one is pretty high. But we continue to get almost there before, you know, 
a car accident or something and saying makes my our life suck. Welcome so, to my world, brother. <laughs> so, so we're like we're right there on launching that one, and my holdback is I could get in like ten or twenty of the old one, but I'm gonna feel really bad if I sell you the, the old one, and then like in a month I come out with one that's way freaking cooler. Would it would so it be helpful? That's the would it be helpful if you were like, hey? We need this many orders of this new thing that we're putting out. Do a crowdfunding and do like thing. a crowdfunding kind of thing. Oh, I didn't hear what she said. She said, "Order our products, please." And she said it in a very nice and friendly tone. But she's laughing about how friendly and nice it was, and no curse words whatsoever because she's professional. Order them now. <laughs> No, um, I would love to do something like that, but for me, it's I I, I want to take the risk on personally, yeah. and then oh, gotcha, that makes will, sense. Will the new meter still? I am. Will it still be in the same price range? Will the new meter be still be huh? in the same price range as the other one? It's going to be identical. I'm not going to. I'm I'm t- I'm going to eat the price difference and keep the cost the same. And I promise, with the changes, it's it's not getting cheaper. <laughs> but um, for me, but it is going to be cooler. Like one of the. One of the first things we're doing, just because to me it's stupid. So if this is your meter and you hit the button and the thing is up here, you're putting it on the flat side. Right here, yeah, it's gonna lay nice. like this. And you hit the button and the sensor is facing up. Nice. So that's one of the first things. Um, it's it's gonna be rechargeable, USB rechargeable because oh, that's yeah. there's that's the only thing left in my house that uses nine volts. Like <laughs> our fire, our. Uh, oh yeah, and fire detectors. Yeah, the, like, until you pull them down because they keep going off, and then you just don't have them. Bitch. Yeah, but at some point, kitchen. like they're they're going to be like rechargeable little packs or something, and then the only thing we'll have for nine volts, and then they'll get rid of them, and we'll be stuck figuring it out. So mm-hmm. I figure I'll just get ahead of USB recharging since that's apparently the forefront of technology. Well, I'm looking forward to it because one, it's the most affordable meter out there because uh, some of yeah. them are crazy expensive, and for someone like me who's like. I'm using it on a handful of personal snakes, and it's not like a career thing. I don't need it to go out and measure stuff for a job. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So we can use it on our... I'm getting a really cheap one. I'm getting this super cheap one for our use. My super cheap one is $1,900. <laughs> that makes me throw up a little bit. Yeah, the one that we used when we're testing bulbs, when we get so the bulbs get tested at the manufacturer, they have to come in at our specs. When they come in here, um, we test them again, and then you get a, you look at the top of the box. There's a stamp and a little signature. Um, it's it's either me, Erica, or one of our kids' signatures because they do it <laughs> in our older kids, you know, sweatshop labor. But um, hell yeah, I'm just if, it's a, if it's a family job, you're like, if it's a family uh, thing, you're exactly. good. You're putting a roof over their hard. head, and you're feeding them. Plus <laughs> we. They wear they, we they, we made a little enclosure so that they don't even see the light. They just it just senses it inside this enclosure. Um, but yeah, so then they just they sign it and every single one gets tested with. So the meter that that tests is an ocean optics spectrometer. Um, I want to say the retail on that thing's like ten grand, and then the cord I the cord I needed was another grand, and then the little tiny thing that goes on the end of the cord was five hundred bucks. And then it was another fifteen hundred to send all of that to get together to be calibrated individually and then together as a unit. So Sean Gray said every year, every year. Oh my okay. god, every year. Sean Gray said, uh, "Make the little solar panels on them, so when the the bulb charges them, you know, like that, that space age technology in the little <laughs> tiny uh, calculator, four function calculator." Or if you get like uh, X an in situ camera, 
it comes with a solar charger that uses a USB-C end. Oh, that's You cool. could charge it with it. See, and you could be green. There's, oh, my gosh. There you go. Oh. So when you're out and out herping and you're, you're at camp, you're camping, you can just have it sitting on the table during the day, charging, and then go use it. Well, as soon and as you yeah, get, okay. get the new meters in, I'm ordering one and using code GUMBO22. Just throwing that out there for anybody that will save 15%. <laughs> uh, shameless plugs. Order as many as you can. These things are going to be cool. I'm excited about them. I apologize to everyone for the delay. If everything around us, if I could try to stop almost dying, I promise it would come faster. That would be fabulous. Totally we would it's all so like that. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm trying real hard. You know, it's, it's I get super there in my stressed out when your wife makes posts about like, this has happened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't gotten hurt in a little while, though, so it's Shut pretty good. your mouth. Don't put that out in the universe. <laughs> Erica is going to come slap him now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, I heard, I heard about a noise. around the corner. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, so, uh, but, uh, yeah. so I, I, I want to get to something that the whole reason we originally uh, wanted to have you on, uh, and we talked about it a little bit last week, and some interesting videos came out this week. I'm ready. With a little more. Uh, the, the shit going on in Florida. Last uh, week I wasn't Florida. ready. This week I'm ready. So for a, reca- for a quick recap, uh, Florida Wildlife Commission uh, killed 34 retics and berms and inappropriately yeah. and, and incorrectly killed a gravid or a pregnant boa constrictor. Um, and the, it's all on video. You can go to uh, USR Florida and if you can stomach the video, uh, it's hard. For I anybody, still haven't done that. Don't do it. Uh, it's a hard video it to watch. It, it, it's very rough. Uh, but some interesting things have come out since then. One, I saw uh, FWC has on their website the proper way to dispatch animals. And it is to use that the, the rock. Captive bull gun. Captive bull gun. And, but they didn't do the second part, which is in their own instructions, which is to take something like, uh, like a flathead screwdriver and put it in there and basically make sure all of the brain all of the, is severed. Everything is severed. Which when you watch the video, that boa moves around for a while on the ground behind them because they never once did the second part of their own instructions on how to properly uh, kill one of these animals. But uh, that was interesting. And then uh, Donnie with Nerd put out a video of footage from last February when FWC showed up to the place. And that's the one where they they didn't arrest him, but they charged him. For having these animals past his deadline that he was supposed to get rid of them, which was a ridiculous deadline. Anyways, yeah. um, and then <laughs> this is this is the asinine shit that happened in that situation. For anybody that hasn't watched this video, they showed up. Hell, it was FW, two FWC employees showed up. They did an inventory of the entire place, and then once they did the inventory, they then informed him that they were charging him for still having these animals, even though he had already sold about a hundred of them. Uh, and they told him that he could not sell them anymore. He had to stop, and he stopped the day they told him to. Uh, they charged him uh, for having them. And on top of that, they said, all right, but you can keep them, uh, but they're basically ours. You're going to keep them until the state. No, can, he had to keep he them. He had to keep them until the state basically, could figure out what to do. Evident, but we're not going to take them yet. You have to hold on to them until we tell you what to do. You cannot move them. You cannot euthanize them. You cannot sell them. You have to maintain them. Yeah, it, it's, it's – they, they that was in February of last year. So uh, over a year, he had to hold on to these animals and could do nothing with them other than feed and maintain them. Uh, if any of them were to go yeah, missing, 
Yeah, if any of them were to go missing or he were to sell them or find out another home for them, he would have gotten charged and hit with way more stuff for that one. Um, and in the video, you see him, and, and it's the same response many of us would have said, look, you can fine, you can have the animals because he was about, he's being called a criminal at that point and being charges put on him, even though they're not putting handcuffs on him. He said, look, you can have them. Don't don't charge me. I've never gotten arrested. I've never been in trouble for anything. And that, from what you can tell, is is the information because now you see FWC saying he told them to take his animals and kill his animals, which is not what he said. He basically said, I don't want to be a criminal. And I'll do whatever I have to do right now for you not to write this and make me a criminal, which they did. They made um, and, and yeah. that law made so many people criminals overnight. I mean, yes, it, it made did. innocent people criminals overnight. Fam- people with just a family pet became a criminal overnight because of it. And so. Um, so, yeah, they that whole write up about how he asked for them to take them and for them to kill them. And he gave them over to him. It's bullshit. And, and everybody knew it was bullshit. It didn't sound right when they said it. Um, and then the other interesting thing that I saw was if you watch the video where they kill the snakes, they had been at that place for four hours without any body cameras on or without any recording prior to killing all the animals. And like you said, Robert, the fuck were they doing for four hours? Like, right. What? And then in those yeah. four hours, you couldn't remember. Don't kill the boa. Like you had four hours to learn. Don't kill the boa. And yet they still did. Well, they obviously didn't go back and look at their procedures for no. how to do this because they didn't do that correctly. No. Well, and that's what also got me the, the whole, uh, they didn't show up there with the intent on killing them. I'm like, really? You just carry around that, that bolt gun just for fun. Just right. Giggles? It's, that's just yeah. standard issue to walk around with that all day long, waiting to punch something in the head with it. Do they keep it in there? I'm playing devil advocate here. Do they keep it in their truck? But here's the reason. If they didn't show they to kill it, why were there four of them there? Four. Oh, there were four guys there. Yeah. Hmm. Well, like in the video from a year and a half ago, he said, when I opened the door and there was two of you guys, I knew that it was not going to be a good day. Yeah, because it's always only been one person just to come in to make sure everything's good yeah. and, and then head out. Yeah. yeah, there were two guys that showed up at our house that day. Yep. Yep. Yeah, when they show up with backup, you know there's an issue. Yeah. That's hey, why when I showed, they showed yeah. up at my house and there were two, four, two Louisiana Wildlife Fisheries guys, I was like, fuck, what did I do? Yeah. But so yeah. anyways. Let's get to your take on it, Ryan, because I'm very interested to hear your take on this. DGB says that they keep the tools in the truck. Okay. Which would make sense if they if they see a berm while they're out or something, they would dispatch it. So um, wouldn't surprise me that they would have it in their truck. But no, they, they came there with the intent to do that. But, all right. So here's my whole take. Um, this whole thing sucks. Uh, there's a lot of people, like you know, nervous to say, hey, wait, don't don't like you know, don't jump to the conclusions before everything is out. But realistically, that to, to that, I say, well, has that ever worked when we, on the, the other side, when it's coming at us to wait for all the information to get out? Because by the time all the information gets out, nobody cares anymore. Yep. So we should be making a huge stink about this and, and, and sharing it all over the place and making sure people see it. And the problems that people, what really people really need to take away from all of this is that in 2021, we fought to stop that from happening, to stop, you know, the animals. And this is in Florida and everybody thinks Florida doesn't matter. And everybody who thinks Florida is just Florida is an idiot. And I'll say it. If you think Florida doesn't matter to you because you're in a different state, you're a moron. Florida is the, one of the two biggest places for wildlife to come into the U S. Um, and on top of that, it's where two of the three largest pet distributors are. It's where a significant portion of breeders are. 
there's an enormous amount of the, the, the pet industry as well as even the entertainment industry and zoological industry that utilizes Florida. And while you think that, oh, they aren't going to be affected, it's just pet keepers, that's not the truth. There's a lot of zoos that are fighting along with us because they're losing opportunities to do things too. Um, even this stuff with the venomous stuff, they had to go back in the state. Researchers had to go back because they were going to stop the ability to do research because of how they worded it. It's not just us. So, but either way, like Florida is outreaches to so much else. If there's a, there's a portion where if Florida gets to a point of banning exotics, there's like 17 other states in the Southern U S that immediately snap on anti-exotic laws as a, as a, as a, uh, effect of those laws going in. Um, and it's, they're already in place. It's already in place and it switches the moment it happens. So, could, Texas could honestly be one of them. Like, it, okay, it, Erica says it is one of them. So, like, that's something you may be in Texas and think Florida doesn't matter. Well, guess what? It does. Because what happens in Florida will happen in Texas. It'll happen in Louisiana. It's going to happen in Georgia. It's going to happen all over the country. And it's going to continue to happen throughout the country. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if California is right there with them because California is the other is probably the biggest place for animals to come into the United States Yeah, uh, is through California. So that's another state where if that goes down, our industry suffers significantly. Um, tons of industries. will. So we need to pay attention to these states, even though we don't live in them. So in 2021, they fought and they lost on the ability for retics and Burmese pythons were uh, considered uh, a, a class one species or something like that. You had to have a permit for it. Um, and I believe you could keep them, but couldn't breed them. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure about the exact law. Um, but they, in 2021, they moved them to the prohibited list along with iguanas and tagus and all that stuff too. And everybody was given 90 days to get rid of all of their pets and get them out of the state. That, or to get them within significant enclosures. Um, and then you weren't able to breed them or do anything and you basically could just keep them for the rest of their life. And that was what was supposed to happen. And that's what they said. Um, they said you could keep them for the life of the snake. Yeah, they the said animal. that they would be grandfathered and there's no reason to go. Fish and wildlife would never break into your house and kill your animals. That was stupid. We were all crazy for thinking that. Um, that's rec on recordings. They have said that. Yes. Um, that that wouldn't happen. And that is exactly what happened. So um, what happened was he got to that, the point where he got to his 90 days. Um, uh, and I don't have the names and stuff offhand, but like he got to the 90 days he let them know, hey, I still have some. Can I have more time? Uh, the time passed. They didn't. They replied, said, no, you can't have more time. And then they showed up and ticketed him 72 tickets for every one he had um, or something. Or like two tickets for every one he had left, I think. 72 tickets or yeah. 70 tickets or whatever. Um, and he got those dropped because the attorney general in Florida is really sick of fish and wildlife's crap and them doing this to people. Um, but either way. Uh, he was told that he couldn't get rid of it. That's what I was saying before. He had to, he, so states will do this sometimes. And I've being in, in, involved in rescue, we've had to hold on to animals for before from cases where you basically just get told here, this is yours until something happens. Sorry. Um, we've had, we had to keep an, a, a freaking common snapping turtle for like four years once. Like you know what it's like to keep a common snapping turtle in like a trough for four years. It smells sucks. great. Gross. Yeah, it's awesome. So like, and that, you know, that's, so that was just crap. So like you get stuck with that kind of stuff. And that was the thing where instead of them taking it on, they left it on him and that sucks. Um, and legally there's nothing you could have done about it. They're all within the laws of what they can and can't do. It's just 
a really crappy way to do it. Um, so he was left with, you can't get rid of them. You can't euthanize them. You can't sell them and move them out of the state. You have to keep them and you have to keep them healthy because you can't neglect them or you get animal neglect. So they have to be kept and maintained uh, until we tell you what to do with them. They took their sweet time with it, took a year and two months to get back to him and then showed up and basically said, well, you are in possession of them. Um, you know, we can either, I don't know if they threatened him with more tickets or what, but they said we can youth it. They're going to be euthanized, whatever, or you can get, you're going to get into more trouble. We can euthanize them today. Um, we have a humane way to do it. That's what they told him. Um, and he, even he though they didn't show up that they didn't show up there to euthanize anything. Yeah, they didn't show up there to euthanize them. They just happened to be able to have this ability, which, again, they carried with them, so they technically did. But here's the problem I had with that is after all of it, they did it. One, they did it in the facility, which is kind of messed up. up. Yeah, yeah, if that was any other animal in any other form, I don't know how. Could you you imagine? kill animals on the property in the facility. That was my biggest, that was my biggest thing is I don't understand why they weren't taken away. They already had to take take the bodies away as evidence. Why wouldn't they have taken them, confiscated the animals, brought them somewhere else and euthanized them with a veterinarian under what would be euthanasia protocols for those animals? Just imagine here's in these terms of a family dog. With kids, they have a family dog, and their family dog bites a neighbor, right? And they're in a place where if it bites a neighbor, they have to put the dog down. Could you imagine yep. them coming to the family's house in their living room with the kids they're watching, taking the dog, and, and putting a rod right straight head. through the dog's head in their living room? That's fucked up. Yeah. And people yeah. would lose their would, shit. The whole country would yep. want someone killed for that. But they just did it yeah. 34 times in that dude's building. In front of him, blood on the floor. CNN has covered this since then. They They left the bloody floor, bagged them all, made made him help clean them up, and then left with them. And then the other thing that sucks is when you see the full length all footage, after they realized they killed the boa, they kicked it into the corner where he couldn't see it when he kept coming in to look, and they didn't tell him until they were completely done with everything. Yeah. Then they told him after they killed everything else. Yeah. And you still, like I said, you still see the boa moving for a while in the corner. Yeah. And had they said something right away, he may, I mean, I don't know how far along she was, but maybe he could have cut her open. Maybe yeah. he could have saved some babies. I don't know. Just, but at least he would have been able to make that decision instead of all of it being a complete loss. So the fact that they did it in there, that they didn't take them somewhere else and euthanize them. Um, that they euthanize something that wasn't – how can you be a wildlife professional euthanizing? If you, So the whole problem with sending out the public to euthanize Burmese pythons is we don't believe the general public can tell the difference between nope. a Burmese python and a rat snake. Mm-mm. And their own fish and wildlife officers can't tell the difference between a retic and a boa. Because well, it had so a freaking label on the cage. Oh, <laughs> oh that's better. <laughs> like – so that that's incredibly frustrating, and I think that's what really need what really needs to be taken away from this for anybody that loves pets and animals is that fish and wildlife is pushing against pets and against the idea of invasives. But if you take a look at the people that are putting these laws through, all of them are CEOs and board members for real estate development companies which are actually destroying the environment and destroying Florida. Yep. 
And what they're doing is utilizing their power to do that. Yeah, retakes did so not retakes and burns did not destroy the Everglades. Stopped. Yeah, there's nothing being stopped to turn the Everglades turning the Everglades into golf courses and more golf courses taking up habitat. There's nothing stopping that happening. The invasive species are the least of the problems. Now, anyone here and any reptile lover will absolutely tell you that wild Burmese pythons are a problem. If there's even one in Florida loose, it's a problem. Yeah. Even if it's one, just because it's not supposed to be there, it shouldn't be there. But at the same time, to say that the entire Florida ecosystem is coming down because of a snake that maybe eats three times or five times a year versus the cats that kill 11 things a day or the sugar industry poisoning the waters so that the half of their waterways are dead now, yeah. or it's the, you know the golf courses and that kind of stuff. Like you're ignoring the major things, but that's the, how this works. Well, like so, you know, like DGB about invasives, we won't see them destroying the land. Like DGB Exotic said in the chat, killing those 34 snakes did not get rid of a single Burmese python from the Everglades. It did not nope. prevent them from existing. It didn't stop them from reproducing. It did nothing to stop invasive species that are already there. Are you guys aware of what U.S. Arc Florida's lawsuit right now that they're doing actually is? The the actual details of it? The one to make it where FWC can't regulate um, exotics. So what they're doing is is they're utilizing the verbiage of their constitution, their laws and whatever, and what fish and wildlife is and what their definition of fish and wildlife is and where their jurisdiction is. And technically it's over wildlife, not over captive animals. So technically what these people are doing would be more similar to farming, which would be an agricultural issue. And the department of agriculture would be involved in that. So what they want to do is get the department of agriculture to be the ones overseeing captive animals and take it away from fish and wildlife. Um, And now granted that doesn't mean all of our problems magically go away, but it, it'll be a heck of a lot harder to fight the Department of Agriculture on taking away people's income from animals that they basically farm. Well, and your um, your Department of Agriculture people are going to be educated. They're yep. they're going to generally those people are more educated than your average fish and wildlife officer, and right. and there's going to be there's no board overseeing them like there's the FWC that's full of. Developers. Only the FWC yep. in charge of the Burmese that are in the wild. Your fish and wildlife, go deal with the wildlife. That is your yep. job. Now, granted, they should absolutely be dealing with the captive pro- if there's a captive problem, but that would be in conjunction with the Department of Agriculture yeah. and things like things like they already did it. If you have the animals, they have to be microchipped. And all those that were solves the entire problem. Now if you find one outside and you scan it. That person, you automatically can say who's problem, who did that. Like, once you put that in place, you have the, the ability to stop people from releasing them and being able to track them. That's already, it was already in place. Like, I don't, th- th- yeah. there's nothing that's, this isn't changing anything. This isn't stopping the Burmese from breeding in the Everglades. It's not stopping any of that from changing. All it's doing is taking away a bunch of people's pets who had them inside, indoors, behind locked doors, I'll tell you, which I don't know if you know this, but they don't have hands or fingers and they have a hard time turning doorknobs. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so are they doing these same things against people that own parrots? Cause there's shit tons of parrots in the Everglades, but no one's so, afraid of parrots. Yes. Bullshit. So, yes and no. <laughs> so, I'm afraid. Yes, yeah, yes and no. 
No, there's not as many attacks on parrots and things like that right now, but it's because it already happened. Gotcha. Parrots can't be. They, can, you, there's tons of regulations on having birds as an exotic in a pet in a home too. There's tons of places you can't have parrots and macaws or bigger birds. There's places, um, and then on top of it, they can't import anything anymore. Like everything that exists in this country to an extent. I don't know the exact laws. I'm not a bird person, but I know that they can't bring in. I want to say any. What what is the group of parrots and macaws? What are the citizens? I don't think we can bring in citizens at all anymore. Um, and there's a ton of other stuff that can't be brought into the country. So it basically is only what's here. For I was just about to say what Erica said, like, I because the placos, the there's shit tons of placos uh, down. We there. have a shitload of them here in our bayou. So I mean, yeah. can do PetSmart still there? Do they still sell Midas cichlids and Oscars and right con knives yep. and? You I mean, catch all that down yeah, there. Yeah, those are scary, guys. <laughs> right. Those only make the newspaper once a year for some somebody who needed to talk about uh, the albino Oscar they caught. <laughs> it's okay. It, it brings in money. Yeah. So it's yeah. okay. Well, shit, you're talking about a, a, an area that released peacock bass on purpose, and, and they're perfectly fine yeah. with it now because people go down there fishing for peacock bass. And so yep. don't so, get me wrong. No, I want to go fish for peacock bass in Florida, but uh, – they, they just released them on purpose. I mean, that was done on purpose. And that and, and what we really need to get out of all of this is that obviously fish and wildlife in Florida is mildly corrupt. That's <laughs> sarcasm. They're significantly there, the mob. Um, and what we need to do is be funding US Arc Florida. I know, and I get it. I know we all talk about US Arc, and I know everybody is funding, and I know we are all members because we are all amazing people. And everyone that's listening to your podcast is obviously a member, better and not be. some lazy piece crap ignoring the fight that we have to be in but there's obviously members listening to us so um <laughs> but with that also be a member of us arc florida like i know it's another thing but like their bronze membership is like seven, seven bucks, bucks a month yeah bucks a month and then their gold memberships like seven a month it's it's way lower it but that is i'm not kidding guys that is really where we need to be focusing right now we need to continue to make sure that nobody else slips by us arc so we need to keep funding them but we need to put anything you got at U.S. Arc Florida. If you got clutches of stuff hatching, donate one or two of them to U.S. Arc Florida. Put it on your table that the purchase of those two animals goes directly to U.S. Arc Florida. Like, or do a percentage of your sales or do something. Like, we all are going to negotiate 20% anyway. Only negotiate 10 and give 10% to whatever. Like, there's creative ways where you can do that. Share what they're doing. Try and get people to pay attention. I'm, I'm harping on the... You know, I know not everybody's in a financial spot to do that. Trust me, we are. We know finances suck, especially right now with inflation and everything. But um, that's just yeah. it's just this is something we can't back down on and we can't slow down on. And in the second that we do, we're going to lose our momentum. And Florida is I'm not kidding. Florida is the scariest tipping point we, I, we've had in my entire reptile career. Yeah, like I said, that that video, I was very happy to see it get coverage on actual news outlets, um, and, yes. and coverage as if it was a bad thing. The way they titled it and everything is the way we would have. It mm -hmm. was, you know, a lot yep. of time something like that will get twisted around. Heroes get rid of horrible snakes that could kill your dogs. Like that's how it would normally. I'll be honest, man. Like as a hobby, <clears> that like Holy Thursday massacre and putting out all the videos and the tagline of it and. They like some people messaged me and they were like, people are going too far. We don't have like I say, and they, we don't have all the facts. And I was like, screw it. I don't care. Yeah. Share it all. Yeah. Share everything. Get everyone angry the and hurt and pissed 
and yelling about it, even if they don't even know what it's for, even if it <laughs> makes no sense, it doesn't matter. Even if they're just pissed because the snakes died and they don't know the story, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what was happening, make everybody upset because that's what happens on our, when it comes at us. It doesn't matter what the details are. It's the same thing with politics and everything. We all know that people only have that short attention span. So we just need to start making noise and making it sound like they've murdered our pets because they They did. did. The the biggest thing that I was discouraging people from doing was talking about uh, threatening violence towards the FWC because I saw a lot of that. And I said, that is not going to help our cause at all because it just makes us look like crazy reptile people. Yep. No, you just continue to talk about how I I almost, and I was talking to somebody, I'm like, I kind of want to share that video. I kind of want to do, there was a, I can't remember the name of it. There was a movie with Matthew McConaughey and he was like, it was like back in the slave days and there was some girl that was beaten and killed and he was the attorney. attorney. It was called A Time to Kill. There we go. A Time to Kill. That movie, right? When he does his final, his final, Mm -hmm. like, talk to the court or whatever, his closing arguments and he's talking them through this little white girl that's doing all this stuff and then this horrible thing that happens to her and he describes exactly what, or this little Mm -hmm. girl and what happened to her and then at the end he goes and now imagine she's white and that was that whole moment and everybody's crying and thinking about it and I kind of want, I was like, you know what, I want to do the same thing with that video and talk about it but then have it replay and then just get one of the videos off YouTube where like a cop shoots a dog and it's just screaming. Yeah. And just drop that audio in and just be like, how did that make you feel? Cause it would, it, it would make, it makes me feel the same both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun fact. That's the reason I could not own a yellow pickup truck because I wanted a yellow truck when I was in high school. And because of that movie, I could not own one. Cause that's what they drove. That's what the bad guys drove in that, mm-hmm. in that movie. Yep. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. But no, like, but like, and, and I hate to say it, and I hate to push it that way, and I hate to throw you're right. that kind of like, that is a stretch. Yeah. I get that, but it's where we're, I feel like it's getting to a point where that's where we're being pinned but, to be. But it's not a to stretch. To be able to be effective and be able to get people to understand. It's not we a stretch for anybody that owns pit bulls or rottweilers or dobermans that's not stretched that's how with our dogs. that's in certain places yeah. those dogs have been put down because they exist no i just mean it's a stretch for some if you are a 60 year old woman with your little pomeranian who's super cute <laughs> and you think snakes are gross comparing it to your dog yeah. is a stretch right but, like that is the best we can do to get them to understand and to an extent, too, like, I, I, I do believe that people do have a connection with their reptiles that's significantly beyond just a carekeeper and a, a living thing. Um, I don't totally think it's as personable and, and, and connectivity as you can with a dog or something that reacts to you in a, in a way like that. Um, but at the same time, like, it, 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 we do care for those animals significantly. Go to a no show and watch a... Watch an eight-year-old girl get her first snake for the first time, holding it in her hands like yeah. it's the most amazing thing on earth, and tell me it's not the same as a kid getting a puppy. Like it's it's the same for some oh, totally. kids. It is one hundred percent the same thing. And some adults, that's, I mean, that's, <laughs> well, yeah, some adults as well. But but yeah, yeah, I mean, no, that's, and I, that's I totally their pet agree with of that. choice. But yeah, know, that's just, and that's. I don't know. I but I I I actually ran that past somebody who was like, I appreciate you enough to please ask that you not. Because it was already hard enough to watch, and that'll make me throw up. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, 
I get it, but that kind of makes me want to do it more because that's sort of the yeah. point. That's the, reaction the reaction need. that we need. You know, that guttural reaction that, that, yeah. that's going to really get them. Well, and so this whole thing really got me through. So for years, I've always I've been a proponent of, yeah, I think a permit system is fine. Uh, for certain mm-hmm. things, I think a permit system is good. But then this happens, and I mean, they knew exactly what animals were there and where they were because of a permit system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it's it's a straight correlation to, to, to gun laws. It's the same thing that gun people have been fighting. Although their their lobby is much larger than ours, and they and, and they can win fights much easier than we can. <clears throat> but it's the same thing. I, I I now see a a huge negative in saying, yeah, this is what I have at my house because now you're just gonna show up and kill them, even though. I didn't do anything wrong because uh, look, two years ago, three years ago, he did nothing wrong. He was he was legal then, and he didn't yep. change where he lived. What, he didn't change the animals, and now all of a sudden he became illegal overnight. Well, well, then, that, that's what kills me. That's what kills me is by no act of your own you can become a criminal by literally doing nothing other than existing. He in woke your up legal one morning because you woke up that morning because a group of people decided. That some portion of your life is now not okay, even though it used to be and it hurts no one else outside your house. You're now a criminal for what you do inside your house in the privacy of your own home. What kills Even me though it hurts no one at all. Is they told him, you can't get rid of them, you can't sell yeah. them, you can't not take care of them because that's neglect. Like, you have to just hold on to these. And then how long passed before they just showed back A year back and a up? half. A year and a half. He literally yep. sat on these for a year and a half. In a year and a half, he probably could have found homes for some. In a in month, he could have found homes. Yeah, where they were. Well, that's no what he. Illegal. So, did yeah. you watch the video that Nerd no. put out? No. Have you seen it? So he I said that to them. Any of the videos? He, he told them a year and a half ago. If you guys will just let me l- ship them out of state, I can get rid of them today. I can, yeah. I can sell them and they'll be gone. They will no longer be in Florida. And they were like, "Up, oh, too late for that." And yep. he's when they started telling him they were going to charge him. He's like, I've called Tallahassee every single day and nobody will call me back to find out what we need to do every day. He said, I've even called you and you keep blowing me off. And the guy's like, well, I'm just boots on the ground. I'm I'm just I'm just doing what I'm told to do. And I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, you know, the Nazi soldiers used to say that shit, too. And yeah, he he, he tried. You could see that he did everything right. Yeah. And that, I think, is my biggest issue with this, because I'm a very big supporter of do things the right way. Mm-hmm. I teach my students yeah. that at school. And then when something like this happens to someone who did everything right, what does that yep. mean for the rest of us? Well, and then on top of it, he did everything right. But they, this also has been a whole conversation of why we're afraid to do permit systems. Why? And like, I've been on the same board. Like, I'm like, I don't totally disagree with permits for crocodilians or some of the big four snakes or things like that just to make sure that the person has the ability to house them properly that's it you know like but at the same time and then we continue to go to bat with fish and wildlife and go talk to them and try and say hey we want to work with you we want to we want to be a part of this conversation we don't we want to be able to keep our animals and keep doing what we're doing but in the same way fulfill the needs you guys have to stop invasive species because most of those people go out and hunt the berms too like yeah. half of them go herping and catch them like they don't want them out there either and i instead, would love to go hunt burmese pythons i would gladly do it right like and they're instead like in, and we're we reach out that olive branch all the time and we're told that we're over we're, like we're being you know paranoid and that stuff isn't really going to happen that people are getting their houses smashed into and whatever animals are being killed 
this is the first time they finally got video that this is exactly what's happening. Yeah. Um, and that's where things are getting really frustrating is because everything is happening just like people were warning, just like people were saying is happening behind the scenes and we were freaking out. We were told we were being paranoid and now we have video evidence that it's happening. And the biggest thing that freaks me out is that if US Arc Florida doesn't win this lawsuit or fish and wildlife's not going to do anything like they're look at like realistically guys. And I hate to say this. It sucks. They got egg on their face. They're going to wipe it off and keep going and not give a shit. A hundred percent. And nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen to those they're guys. Not, they're not going to fire those guys. They're not going to get some lawsuit where they get money. They're not going to do anything. Not, uh, the guys might try. And maybe if God bless something good happens, they get some kind of financial reimbursement for the bullshit they went through. But that's a, it's going to be hard fight for them to do that. Oh, yeah. And then on top of it, nothing's going to change with fish and wildlife. They're not so, going to do anything any different. So, like, what we re- we need we need to make sure that this problem, while it's able to be utilized, while there's energy in it, is a driving point to fund the U.S. Arc fight in Florida. The U.S. Arc Florida fight. Give whatever you can. Do whatever you can. I know it sounds stupid, and we like we need money, but it really is time for us to put up or shut up. And f- might not seem like Florida is a big sp- a big deal to you. No matter where you're at, but I promise this is it. This is the this, this is, is the, the fight last. right here. This yeah. is, this is going to be the straw. He's fine holding the rope up, and when this goes, we're fucked. Yeah, across the country. Yep. yep. Which is terrifying. So, I, I just it, it is. I can't express enough how scary this is. I've talked to Phil with USARC. I've talked to Daniel down in USARC, Florida, and 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 uh, Elizabeth, and like. They the biggest thing that sucks that they've had people who have shown up to fish and wildlife to argue with them, have their animals taken, have their permits denied because they showed up to those events or because they showed up to those open forums to talk, um, and then had their their animals taken, and that's happening everywhere where they're trying to scare them from even showing up. And the only thing that we can do is show up if you're in Florida to those events to the point where they have to close down the building for security reasons because there's too many people there. That, or send money. That's it. Share everything you can. Send what you can. Be a member as much as you can. Donate what you can. There's still shows going around the country. Continue to keep your membership to USARC Florida, but if you focus on anything else right now, push it. Or if you already, you know, have your member with USR, keep it, but push as much as you can to USR Florida right now. It's it's imperative. It is seriously imperative that we get we if we can get that changed and we can get them squared up to be fighting going forward, then it'll be a much different story for the rest of the country. Like the rest of us can legitimately breathe for a second if Florida moves to the Department of Agriculture from Fish and Wildlife. It's just, if we've been fighting basically big snake laws for like the last 15 years straight. Yep. Like every and time we think we have a victory, another fucking one comes around. But you know, yep. we, we won the Lacey Act. Yay. And then like, oh, you won that? Okay, well, we're going to change this rule here so that it won't work for you now. Well, the problem is, is that our opposition gets paid to fight us. We don't. Yeah. yeah. Phil doesn't get, Phil doesn't make 200 million a year to, to fight us. And it's, it's not that they real like the people who are paying them don't realize it, but they are getting they're making hundreds of millions of dollars to fight us, mm-hmm. and we're arguing about sending Phil five bucks a month. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then you get like, people that go pull their financials at the end of the year and go, why did Phil be paid $100,000 this year? Because he fucking earned it. Every penny. He earned every penny of yeah. that. You know how you own a snake right now in your house? You, you can go thank him for that. Yeah. Yeah. And he can also be making way more money. Wait, how, wait, how much? I, what I did you, how much? The, how much did somebody think he makes? The hundred. Oh, hundred. It's a hundred and something. Oh, is that what's on their apps or something? He, a couple I'm years tell you ago, what, though, yeah. if he decided not to do this and decided to go do something else, not only would we be screwed because no yeah. one else is going to step up into his job. Let's just also, be real here. I'd like to point out too that that a hundred thousand does sound like a lot to it's a lot anymore. of people, but not one, in that it's field. And stuff. It's not anymore. It's actually disgusting how little it is now. Um, but more so, he doesn't work a 40-hour work week. No. Exactly. I, I have – Erica stopped me from texting Phil at 11 o'clock at night, and then I hit send anyway because I'm like, <laughs> he'll read it in the morning, and then he replied immediately, and we uh-huh. ended up on a call. Like, <laughs> I've talked to Phil at 7 o'clock in the morning. I've met him at 6 o'clock in the morning for shit. I've talked to him at midnight. He's never asleep. He sleeps the amount needed to not die. He, uh, I'm looking at it. His in 2021 is the latest one they have on there, and he made he, they paid him a flat hundred thousand dollars, which, yeah, in my opinion, is worth every penny. And, oh yeah, and that's honestly that's that's not bonuses and all this crazy well, stuff. It's and not that's like not a what, massive corporation. That's yeah. not what most people in his field would get paid. That is the oh, only he, money that went out to an employee. The rest of the one million dollars that they took in that year went to fight for us. Yep, that's it. Yeah. So, well worth yeah, it. Yeah, ten percent pays one. Their the overhead is like ten percent. Yeah, that's ridiculously low. So, <laughs> so, if anything, no, it's go go join. Hey, and if you join uh, US Arc and all that, you get a shirt. You can at least. Okay, so speaking of shirts, Adeline posted this super cool cup that she had. I like like the new shirt she designed for them. The cup in my life. Yeah, the mug. Yes, that looks super cool. How do I buy that? That must have been like a Sacramento thing or something this last weekend. I don't know if that's where they were. I don't know. And but there's a Galapagos tortoise on the Galapagos tortoise shirt. Looks really awesome. But the cup looks cool. Not that I need more cups. All right, so I typed in U.S. Arc and U.S. Arc yogurt came up. That's not what I was looking for. That was <laughs> yogurt. U.S. Arc yogurt. Okay. I was trying to find the the mug. You guys talking about fire? They're talking about fire skinks in the chat. Yeah, yes. Yeah. There's, there's a yeah. There's a there's is is one of our listeners was late coming in, and so he was mm. asking some questions. So Erica's taking care of it. Oh, gotcha. No, there's a guy I know in California, a uh, young man that is. Awesome. He's breeding all of these different morphs. Basically, Mike Schultz, when he's working at Underground, or I don't know if he still is, but he just picked out all the random ones that came in that looked cool. And this kid guy, this kid would buy them. And he's proving out all these like melanistic and uh, anathristic and That's crazy cool. patternless red ones. And Damn. yeah, it's really cool. I'm, I'm trying to find this magical mug. Oh, oh, that is a cool mug. Okay, I want that mug. What is it? I don't even drink coffee. Yes. It's super cool. I saw it, yeah. And it's a pretty blue color. I drink two cups of coffee every morning, so I would actually I'm use I'm pretty it. sure my dad made coffee it's while nice. we've been recording, because I'm pretty sure I could smell it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the kind of guy that'll drink coffee like 24-7 and then lay down and yep. take a nap. I'm the so. same way. <laughs> so so we'll, we'll, we'll tie a bow on this. The big things here, 
go go give to U.S. Arc Florida and U.S. Arc to both. Look, just don't go to McDonald's once out of a month and you'll be good. It's the yeah. Drink your coffee at home and don't go to Starbucks. Shit, these days seven dollars won't even get you a meal at McDonald's. I was saying like you can't even get a meal. I was at I I used to go to like when I was at Central. I go to Subway every day for lunch almost because it was like. Five dollar foot long, you know, maybe seven bucks a foot long. Dude, the cheapest foot long now is like fourteen bucks. Yeah. Dude, I miss five dollars for five roast beef sandwiches from Arby's in James, college. Uh, that James, was the shit. James doesn't like to grocery shop with me anymore because he, he realizes what we used to be able to get for a hundred dollars is now like two hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Angry. It makes yeah, he he just not a fan. Yeah, every time the, it comes up on there, I'm like, oh, no fuck, I'm I'm leaving. I'm done. I can't. He just walks away. Yep. He loads the cart and then walks away when it's time for See, me. Eric to pay. agrees with me. Arby's uh, in college, five dollars for five roast beef sandwiches got me through so much of college. And it was or just amazing. the dollar menu in general. There is no more. There's dollar no more menu. dollar menu. The shit. The dollar yeah, tree's not it. even a dollar anymore. No, it's a dollar twenty-five. I was telling. I was telling my. I was telling my son. Like, dude, we went and got a large soda and an ice cream cone, and it cost. Or no, I was picking this up for Erica. I got an ice cream cone and got her a small fry, a small and it cost fry. me like five dollars and thirty cents. I was like, that was supposed to be a buck, and it's forty-nine cents. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. You still get a large, uh, extra large drink of Bucky's for eighty nine cents. You can, but and at uh, yeah, the closest one of those to me is quite a drive. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and so, cir- Circle there K. One, I think there's one in Illinois, but I feel like it's way down there. What? I don't Maybe think there's, I don't think there's a Bucky's. I don't think there's a Bucky's. The only Bucky's I know no, state is uh, uh-huh. there's is, one in no, 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 that's that's something else. There's a couple there's, in Alabama, yeah. one in Tennessee, and there's like three in Florida. Yep, and then the rest are in Texas. Yeah. And it's great. Five minutes from our house. Mm-hmm. Kind of. It's a tiny. It, it's kind of a Bucky's. It's a gas station. I can still get my 89 cent drink. That's true. I can still my, get my, and my 99 cent 20 pound bag of ice. I can still get my small fry, which fills up it, an entire brown bag. Like my God, bag. their small fries are ridiculous. It's like, okay. Yeah. It is dinner time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, again, give, give to them uh, a couple things. Let's see. I just want to go through our uh, discussion group stuff. Oh, so uh, Thomas Martin posted a picture of this guy with his... um new species of like spider turtle thing and katie's like please tell me this isn't real it was not real i know it wasn't but i am naive enough to and gullible enough to not necessarily believe everything i see on the internet and that's why i married you i married you to tell me and that's why on like another one you were like this is ai i'm like yay thank you miller did you you see those black and yellow cats that were going around the internet for a while this new yeah oh my god those were real Oh, I wish. <laughs> it's like a jungle like carpet. Everybody but it's a oh, how do I get that? <laughs> That's how I felt about the melanistic blue tongue skinks when they first came out. Oh. I thought they I thought they were fake. I'm like, this is not real. This is photoshopped. And but they're amazing. What? <laughs> I commented back to Miller Adovich. Oh, he's misspelled Bucky's. Maybe, maybe he is getting a B U C K Y. We have those too. It's not real. Yeah, we uh, have those. But those that spelling. Oh, really? that spelling for Bucky's because Bucky's Beaver Bucky suit them, and but they had been in business like forty years longer. Yeah. So uh, they got the finger from the judge, and they still exist. There's one at my mom's house. Oh, Todd like, Sanders. That is a um, oh, oh, horn tailed viper. Yeah, is what the one with the spider tail where it moves its tail, and that is real. People see that video, and I'm like, that that's a real thing. That thing actually does that shit. That's cool. Um, I shared a so I shared a picture someone posted in Australia of a scrub python eating a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. And I, I typed. Meanwhile, snake keepers are worried that their snake can't eat a rat because it's five grams heavier than the rat that it normally yeah. eats. Yeah, and this thing yep. this thing's taking down a full grown uh kangaroo. 
Did you ever see the video of uh, the villagers poking a rock python until it threw up a baby hippo? Yeah. Well, no, that video, it's not right. If you go back and look at it, it's a green anaconda and it throws up a tapir. No, there's that one too. Oh. But this is a rock. This oh, is I missed that one. I've seen the green hippo. anaconda throw up a tapir because um, I'm like, hey, those are tapir feet. But yep. I've, I've not seen the baby hippo. Jesus Christ. I have seen yeah. them throw up like antelope. With ant with the horns, I'm like, how the fuck do they eat? Are they eating <laughs> <Right>? horns? <coughs> Robert, we'll say it's good calcium, but it's not even bone; it's just fingernails. Ugh, it's not a very high quality video. <laughs> there, it's a fucking hippo coming out of that rock, that af rock. That's crazy. Did you find it? Yeah, yep. uh, I found a video of a dolphin eating sea snakes, like venomous sea snakes. They had strapped a camera to a dolphin. And then they, yeah. there's footage of it just going around. So that them. was a Navy dolphin. Yeah. And they, they, they were like, well, they don't generally eat them because they can actually envenomate them. But this one was raised in captivity. It was born in captivity and didn't know any better. But like, it seems to be doing okay. Ate, like several of them. Because <laughs> they let, they'll let it go out and swim for a little while. And it was like, oh, I'm going to eat some of these fucking snakes out here, I guess. And it ate like five of them. Yeah. And they said it grabbed Water, a bigger one. Like <laughs> well, they said it grabbed a bigger one and the bigger one like. Got away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I also found this person. It would have been awful if it would have just started slowly swimming and then the camera would have just turned upside down. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, did... <laughs> Dumb Navy dolphin. That would have to learn the hard way. Uh, I, I posted a picture I found of a, a giant flaccid penis. Okay. Well, it's, a, it's an elephant trunk snake, but it's a huge elephant trunk snake. Uh, it looks like a blood python almost. It looks like it swallowed a. a a baby hippo inside of it, but they much, get huge. This People one don't realize how big those get. They just have you ever held one? They get like six feet. Biggest one I've ever held was four feet and about that. I big, bet it was. That. Shut big, up! I knew big. you were going oh, yeah. there. I knew you were going there. Big floppy penis <laughs> right snake. Up over your shoulder, Jeez Louise. <laughs> just a flaccid penis is all it is. Uh, what the fuck? I haven't watched this video. Apparently, uh, Nathan posted of leeches eating frogs yeah that was crazy that was so bizarre what is it it just eats these little frog little it's just these little leeches that are eating little toadlets. they're not yeah. little leeches Some well, of the, well the toadlets are small <laughs> like buffalo leeches not, eating they, toadlets yeah. yeah some of these leeches it's so crazy get though. up to like eight or nine inches long they're yeah big leeches you That's don't think nice. of them eating like an, a whole animal a whole yeah. toad Sideways, front ways. Yeah. That, and you it made me think of Grogu when he eats the frogs yep. in the Mandalorian. And Except just like, you can tell they're they're they bite hard because like the eyes are popping and shit as it's going yeah. in. And oh shit, it hunts it like hunts them down like a snake. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That's creepy yeah. as oh god. It's kinda like a it's uncircumcised penis though. It's, Why? Yeah. Why do you go there, man? It is <laughs> just as it goes in, the head of the frog. I swear just, we're happily married, guys. I swear. On their brain. I'm just yeah, saying. I know. There's a lot of things in the reptile hobby that looks like penises, especially penises. <laughs> uh, <Yep. laughs> um, going through uh, the retic lounge. Oh, I didn't realize uh, Nathan posted the cats. We had them on from the retic lounge. Mm-hmm. They talked about the Holy Thursday Massacre also. Uh, mm-hmm. Go give them a listen to uh, their podcast. Uh, Thomas Martin posted AI art is getting fu- our pictures are getting fucking weird. Uh, AI is getting out of control. <laughs> Someone posted one. It was people eating giant tarantulas. Oh yeah, I saw that, and but I it, just it like, saw it, the it, picture, and I was like, "What?" It looks like the AI took people eating like crabs and crawfish, and then just AI. At first, I thought it was like it. a giant, yeah. like bumblebee or something, and then I looked closer, and then I read the caption. 
I don't trust anything on the internet anymore. <laughs> you can't. It's, yeah, it's going to be bad. So, yeah. I mean, GP, chat GPT four <sighs> just came out and it's ridiculous. That's an issue news. in schools. He's kids, already gotten like kids emails don't have to write papers. They just it. go in, they type what they want it. And you can't oh, I, prove they, I told it to write me a research paper. <laughs> like I, you, I like the poem. You had I, it, yeah, I had, a, I had it write a poem about our pug. No, uh, no. You had the poem about hemipenes. Yeah, I had it write a poem about hemipenes, and it was fucking scientifically well, accurate. It was a pretty good poem about hemipenes. Yeah. Oh, my God. We'll have to go back and find yeah. that and post that on on, on the chat. Uh, Nathan posted photos of Gaboon Viper fangs, like two-inch-long Gaboon Viper fangs. That's fucking That's crazy. Cool. Like It's crazy to think that I've had the like a Gaboon Viper in my hands before. Those big-ass fangs that could kill me. Uh, I, did y'all see the the cartoon that Nathan posted that is very uh, factual about Texas? Yes, with yeah. the little leopard gecko and the gun. The woman woman moves to Texas, <laughs> and goes, and the guy goes, "All right, welcome to Texas. Here's your gun." And then goes, "And here's your exotic lizard." And, and she goes, it's this like a little leopard gecko. She's like, "This can't be right." He goes, "Oh, you're right. Here's the gun for your lizard." And the little, little, <laughs> the little lizard's holding the gun. It's fabulous. I was like, "That seems factual for Texas." Yep. Here's your gun and exotic pet. Enjoy. Well, you get one with your birth certificate, don't That's you? That's right. Yeah. Um, so I didn't bring this up earlier, but going back to our very first question in the beginning, where we talked about what makes people successful hobbyists, and we talked about people that only put the positives out there, um, and I think more people need to put the negatives out there, just so not only so people can learn from it, but just so people can understand that you're not the only one going through negatives. But that goes back yeah. to people yeah. not being able to say, I don't know, or I made a mistake. Well, and because they're so afraid of or, what yeah, people like, think. Or not attack people. Like, I'll be honest. How about like, if you've had an animal die, how scared people are to even mention it or mm-hmm. be called like, oh, you fucked up. You're a horrible person. You have bad husbandry. Mm-hmm. Like, and the thing that kills me is every one of those assholes saying that has a freezer of shit they have killed in their ho- time in the hobby. Uh-huh. Like, I'll be honest, a lot of us who have been in there before the years of the Internet, we killed a lot more crap than we meant to because we didn't have the technology and knowledge that we have now. And there, the the every exotic, every animal in captivity has has it, the road was paved here with bodies. Well, to, I had to learn how we got here. I unfortunately had uh, had a loss the other oh, day, and it really I it did. upset him bad. Yeah. So I, I've talked about it for a couple of years now. I, I love rubber boas. I finally got four rubber boas. <clears throat> I think they're amazing snakes, and uh. And I just brought mine out of brumation not that long ago. And one of my pears was eating really well coming out of brumation. The other one, they'll get there. Um, and they had eaten, they've been eating several meals since brumation. And I went to check on them the other day and one of mine was just dead. Uh, just fucking dead. I literally have it. I have Jet GP, chat GPT right now writing me an episode of the Joe Rogan experience interviewing Jesus Christ. And it's freaking so. Speaking of it that, is stupid accurate. So like, the guys at just, South Park. Just, there's a South Park episode. Just you're sad about my I know. Dying. I'm sorry, James. There's a but there's an episode of sorry, South buddy. Park where I've already lived through this loss once. I don't have to live through it again. They <clears> the episode of South Park where they introduced that concept was partially written by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the chat program. Sorry, back to my dead snake. Yes, um, he came downstairs and he was very sad and just stood in the kitchen looking very mopey. And I was like, oh my goodness, what happened? He said my rubber bow died and then just stood there. Well, it's totally just, and it is, I understand, and you were validated 100%. Well, it's because it's a snake that, it's that a Travis snake that was able since. to console you more well, yeah, than I, I did. Talk, I talked to Travis and I talked to Jason Miloradovich, and, and Travis has had it happen too, where they just sometimes things just die. Like, like I said, it'd been doing great eating. Um, and, uh, it just died on me. So 
Who's that? We just lost a peacock monitor this week, a female that got egg bone. Oh, man. Is just checking boxes for us on our year where we got three sets of infertile eggs and then an egg bone female. So it's been real awesome. Oh, yeah. I lost a. Uh, well, maybe uh, the threes are done and everything else will be good from here. Yeah, I lost now. a Samboa so, two right? seasons ago. I had a Samboa that got got bound, but had babies. So just the infertile ovum got stuck and oh god, I remember that. That was hard. It was that was that huge was bad. infertile ovum and it just couldn't go through and she passed. Oh, that's the worst. Um, but good news, uh, Katie enjoyed this. I got the snakes out of our closet. Yes, I have my closet back. <laughs> I moved it's finally. Only, huh? It's <laughs> only taken ten months. <laughs> I've had boas in there forever because they were uh, being quarantined and then I just never moved. I them. got dressed for work in the closet today. It was beautiful. <laughs> so my snakes are officially. I, I have reptiles in there, but I still can't fit in my closet. I mean, <laughs> in a month, there's going to be more stuff in there because everything in my classroom has to come home and that's where it's going to go for the summer. So it's okay. It's okay. We're just yeah. coming up quick. I know. Not quick enough. Five more Mondays. <sighs> Not quick enough. Um, 28 days. Oh, awesome. uh, it's like back to the 50s and 30s here. So I'm cool with summer coming. <laughs> yeah, but y'all don't have real summer. It we wake, 80, we it was 80 one day and then it snowed like eight inches the <sighs> next day. Oh, man. It was like 45 when I woke up yesterday morning, but then it was like 80 by the time I got home. We get so all four seasons in a, in day, a day down day. here. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Yep. Um, So I, I sappy moment just for the so anybody that's listened to the show my dad has been on here several times uh would normally be in here coming and he'd be in the chat normally um and this is just one of those uh make sure you tell people you love him kind of thing he's not dead so i don't know anything that um (laughs) but my my parents did have a a motorcycle wreck that it was a one that they it was raining they slipped um and uh they were both hospitalized my mom is still in the hospital she had several broken ribs and a collapsed lung but and she's getting better my dad got released today he had slight brain bleed but i mean his brain was already messed up anyway so i don't really know if it was the I mean, accident um but with that said uh just tell people you love them whenever you talk to like people like i i uh i didn't know how much it was gonna affect me but then the thought went through my head that i almost lost both my parents at the exact same time and there was a slight moment of like severe panic in my brain of what the fuck would i do um katie called me and was like you need, to, called, you need to check yes. on james in like 30 minutes i did yeah. like, I, right after I, y'all knew, found out. I knew robert could handle it because I I sent you out to talk to Sam and then I immediately called Robert. So yeah, there's so. some things I can't handle on my own. I gotta call him back up. <laughs> uh, so just just happy moment about you know seize every moment and it it, it, it really hit us because about a year ago is when my 32 year old 31 31 year old sister in law just like died of a brain aneurysm. Uh, and left behind three little kids. So next year, this so, time, we're not answering, not answering our phones. Phone so call nobody next call year. us. Don't call me. Uh, <laughs> don't we're done don't with die the this time next year because I won't know because I'm not answering the phone. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, There's no shows. I'll be uh, this time of year down there that I'll be traveling. There you go. Shows. You're not <laughs> allowed good. to travel. Don't die. Don't hit your head. <laughs> Sean asked earlier whenever uh, whenever Ryan's going to come to a Conroe show. That's yeah, true. That honestly, the Herbs shows are next on my list Ooh. if I can hit them. Um, with everything that's been going on this year, um, I've had to take a step back from doing a lot of the shows, and Erica's doing a lot of them. Um, so, and with her migraines, we're kind of trying to figure out which ones we can do. So, Ooh. it might be a little bit of a year where not too many, we might not see as many people this year, but we'll be coming back strong. So, there you go. Uh, but no, I at just, some point, we're hoping to get some people. I can there. just set up a VivTech table at all the Herbs shows and. and- Tell people they need to buy a VivTech. Hey, James will be might, your pusher. 
That'll give me a reason. So to we'll talk after time. the podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the products. And again, uh, if you want to save uh, 15% on your Vivtech order, it's uh, Gumbo 22. Just throwing that out there. Uh, anybody got anything else? I think that's it. There's pizza downstairs. There is. It's been downstairs for two hours now. Yep. And I'm going to put it in the air fryer. The air fryer is dirty. I'm not putting it in the air fryer. Shit. I can clean it. It won't take long. Anybody's, anybody's wondering, the best way to heat up pizza <laughs> is an air fryer. It's amazing. Yeah. It's quicker than an oven. And it doesn't make it all soggy like a microwave. Mm-hmm. Air fryers. You need one in your house. Uh, I, I do need one, I think. You do need it. You, you, there's so many. Things. They make great French fries. Uh, it's a great Names. way. To- it's a great way to reheat french fries because french fries are always soggy in a microwave. Wrap this shit up. It's food. I couldn't help it. We're talking about, okay. All right, Ryan. If people want to reach you, talk to you, and ask you about your light bulbs. Uh, they can find us on at all of your social media platforms. Um, Viv Tech Products on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can find me and Erica on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, Herptile Mom and Herptile Dad. Um, and pretty much any other thing else. I mean, pretty there's it's not too hard to find me. I think you can Google me, and it probably will just show you where I live. <laughs> just, a, just a little spot on the map. It's yep. it's his shiny head sure in New York. Somewhere like y'all get to access me all the time, so it's not too hard. Um, but yeah, no, and we're happy to answer questions. So reach out to us through the through the uh, the fa- Facebook and social media if you have any questions. Instagram, send us messages. Um, and as well as everybody who's appreciating, we love everybody who supports us. Um, if you have cool stories about your animals with the products, or you see them basking underneath, cool, and you like take a picture, please feel free to tag us in those pictures or forward them to us if you do like it. Um, I can only tell people for so long how cool this stuff is. I really would love it if everybody else would tell them. It well, comes; it's a lot more authentic coming from you than me. You yes. will probably get a picture of a uh, panther chameleon underneath your lights in about a week. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> sounds good. Uh, what? Uh, oh, she's talking. About- she says important things. So I, I know she does. I was trying to make sure it wasn't directed Erica is at important us. too. <laughs> Erica said everybody's sick of seeing our spinulosis. We need cooler pictures. <laughs> Um, but yeah, go, go check out, definitely, uh, follow them on Instagram and Facebook because they post new product. There's new products coming out and there's, uh, tips on certain things they have. It's a great follow, especially if you are wanting to get, uh, up your game on smart tools and lights and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it'll continue to get better as Erica keeps cracking the whip and making me get more videos <laughs> and content. Up, so yes, cause it's so hard to get you to talk about stuff, Ryan. <laughs> so it's harder it's harder to get me to edit it and then put it up than it is to get me to talk about it. yeah james does all that so <laughs> <laughs> true. uh robert got anything else nope oh okay uh lsreptorax.com mm-hmm. katie got anything mm-hmm. i got nothing ryan thanks for coming on hang around for a second everybody we'll be back cool. next week with uh somebody we'll be We'll be back next week with a a panther chameleon. It'll be on camera. We'll have that. Mm -hmm. I got that much. Uh, Thank you all for watching and good night. Mm